1: listening to the Voices of
0: Wrestling Podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza... X out go listen to some boring podcast where, where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay, don't listen to Joe Lanza, because Joe Lanza's not changing.
1: ...and Rich
0: Crange. <laughs> I love you. Who delivers <laughs> I, this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. In, you. in the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? Stop
1: yelling at me, I agree. Welcome once again to the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. I am Rich Crange, alongside As always, the king of banter... And a very good family man, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, I brought the King of Banter back. What'd you think about that?
0: That's fine. I'll allow it.
1: It's been a while since we've done the King of Banter. And, you know, we're uh, been having some discussions with some people about some potential uh, uh, maybe t shirts. And again, people are, oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we are officially or definitely going to do it, but at least talking to some people. Uh, and one thing that came up and one request was a, a King of Banter shirt. People want the King of Banter shirt, Joe. So um, oh, it's back to the the headspace the king of banter shirt so
0: how can you blame them
1: yeah the problem is though if they wear it and people might get confused that they are the king of banter but then there'll have to be something on the shirt that indicates that you know you're just a fan of the king of banter you know what i mean cuz you walk around with a shirt saying king of banter you're essentially you know in some ways declaring yourself the king of banter and that we know uh, that throne is unquestioned. Who, who the you know real king uh, of the banter is, and it's it's 2016 Joe or whatever. I forget what year we really did the king of banter thing as much, but
0: it, it, it. I mean, it could say king of banter, but then like in parentheses, it could say, "But I'm just one of those dopes" or something like right, that. Right. Right.
1: I'm the one. Yeah. Something to, to indicate that you are not indeed the king of banter because I, I don't want people confused. I don't want you know. You, you know, replica kings running around because that'll just be confusing for 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 folks. So, because if somebody sees a king of banter, they might think, "Oh, that's it. It's like, no, no, no. Would you would you wear? I guess that's the big question. Would you wear a king of banter shirt if it got created? Not a chance. Okay, I didn't think so. Yeah, you wouldn't wear it proudly. You wouldn't wear it like you you'd probably wear it under like a hoodie, right? Like you'd have it on, but you'd have something on over it. Maybe your Mack Weldon uh, zip up sweater that you got many many years ago.
0: I don't wear that thing anymore. Jeez, it was years ago.
1: I need it. It's cold as hell. It's fucking cold as shit in Chicago. Send it to me, please.
0: I, uh, you know, you can't, I mean, you know, who am I? Dean Ambrose wandering out on Raw? I can't, you can't (laughs) wear your own t-shirt. What is this? You know, that's like, it's that's a pretty arrogant move, you know, like it is.
1: And that's why I was curious. Cause I would not, I would just have the, like the idea that somebody, cause the, the problem is, is like, I maybe wouldn't be self-conscious, but I would be conscious that like, somebody is like, look at this fucking asshole wearing his own t-shirt or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't care. And I'd probably be all right with it, but I know that people would be judging me. And that then sort of hurts, you know, it makes me feel kind of weird too. Cause there's definitely someone that's like, look at the, get, get a load of this asshole. Like makes his own fucking shirt and then wears it. Like, Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know when. When random people um, they'll come up to us at shows to ask if you know, I, I'm sure you get this too. Uh, are you Joel Anza? And you know, instead of just saying yes, I okay. am, and offering a firm handshake, I could just
1: yeah. I don't point. Get, yeah if I'm Joel Anza, though, that's kind of weird. I
0: could just point to the shirt. I say I am yeah, indeed okay. the king of banther.
1: That's right. Might be easier. It might actually lessen the amount of it. I actually enjoy all the conversations. Do you enjoy when people come up to you and say stuff and and yeah, I and love reckon. talking
0: to people. I, yeah, I'll I'll stand there all night and talk to them, and watch wrestling. I don't give a shit.
1: Okay, I'm, I'm the same way. The, the best is, I don't know if you've had this, and I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but I'll go to shows and I'm like talking to somebody and then I just get a guy who just does, or you know, somebody just turns around and looks at me and goes, oh my God, you're Rich from The Voices of Wrestling. And I ne- that, I'll never get over how weird that is. Like I don't mind that they do it because I enjoy it and they're always like great conversations with, with people. And, and the other thing that we always talk about too is they're like, I'm always like, oh, who are you on Twitter? And they're like, I'm not on Twitter. I'm like, oh yeah, right. Like I forget that the scope, and we've talked about it many times as well, like the scope, we think, Twitter is our listener audience. And it's not. There's a lot of people that listen that aren't on Twitter, or yeah, I have a Twitter account, but I haven't used it in years, or whatever. I listen, you know, via the, the yada 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 or whatever. But the idea that like they'll 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 kind of turn around and snap back, like just the idea that like you hear my voice in public and you're like, ah, I know who that is. That's like because I would never have the confidence to actually think it is the person that I think it is. Like, I would maybe hear a voice that I recognize, think I yeah, I I talked about I was on a plane with like my what I thought was my quack and bush and <laughs> was actually not my quack and bush, but like you know, the idea of like I, I wouldn't be able to be like, oh my god, are you blank from blank? And then then be like, what? Who? And I'm like, oh god, like you, you know. And then you have to sit next to them, like the rest of the show, or like you have to see them ever again. Like that would just horrify me. So this is this is rich's rich's not you know not adventures in awkwardness is is so far what this podcast has been. But uh, yeah, I like to I, avoid that. I, I, that it
0: happens all the time. You're right. Where where I'll, I'll I instantly I'll ask what's your Twitter handle, and a lot of the time they're like, oh, I'm not on it, or. I'm just a, a a blank profile. I never interact, or I haven't logged on in, in three years. Like it, 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 it does take me aback the same way it does you, because we really do extrapolate. Uh, you know, the scope of of Twitter, it's it's you know, the listening audience is 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 well beyond just um the people who interact with us on Twitter, um, and it. But it is always surprising to find that out. But but I don't know. I I, I thought it was it was I or whatever, people will just at least they're hearing your voice, which is a pretty distinctive voice. Neither is walking up to me and, and answer, which is very weird. I have pictures flowing. I have no idea how these people figure it out. I guess you know, who looks like an extra from the Sopranos standing in the back of the room. <laughs> um, so I guess maybe they use process of elimination and figure it out. But, um, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it, it's fine. You know, I, 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 it, I'll, it's all good. We're just watching wrestling matches. We're not, you know, um, doing super important. It's not like, a, you know, the old thing where a lot of people don't want to be bothered when they're eating a meal, you know, um, that, I don't even think I'd mind that. What do I care?
1: No, I don't care. Yeah, I mean, we're we're not at a point where, like, I mind, you know, people being, like, I, I still enjoy people coming up and doing stuff. I don't think we'll ever get to the point where I get, like, annoyed about people coming up and saying stuff to me. But uh, I hope so. I hope, because that means I probably make a lot of money if that, <laughs> if that if this is the case. So I hope one day I get to the point where I'm annoyed that you come up to me. But right now, I am not at all. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, you know, New York this uh, this. Uh, it's coming rainy weekend. Uh, meeting some people that I've never met before too, because like I've met all the Chicago area people now. They know me. I walk in. They they I shake hands. I'm like running for office. You know, I, I got to do the rounds to everybody. It'd be nice to kind of meet some new folks too. Some people from all across the uh, the world. Uh, this a weekend, but uh, pretty excited about that. But no, we got a ton to get to today. It is a nuts week. It started off earlier in the week as like, ah, what are we really going to kind of talk about? There's not a whole lot of stuff. We, I thought Sumo Hall, like the Big Japan Sumo Hall show we were going to lead off the show with, but man, it got crazy in the wrestling world uh, over the last week. We, of course, have a lot of stuff. Uh, in WWE, we have uh, Becky Lynch. We have the Becky Ronda angle. We have Survivor Series. We got Daniel Bryan's heel turn. Daniel Bryan wins the title. We have previews of Survivor Series and TakeOver. We, of course, will get to the Japan sumo hall, do not worry about that. Uh, also some bouncing around the indies as well. I went to uh some shows uh over the last week, and Joe, you've watched some shows as well from the independent scene. But um, before we get all that, let's uh do you want to start with WWE? Uh, I think that's kind of the best way to start this week, and, and I, don't, I didn't want to start this week with WWE, but there's just been so much and such big news stories uh that I feel like we kind of have to. So, I, I, I think the best part, the, the best way to start, I think, more than anything, is I, I think the whole the, the Becky Lynch situation, the injury, the change of Survivor Series, all that sort of stuff. So, uh, obviously, I don't think we need to speak to anybody listening to this probably has seen, obviously, Monday where, uh, you know, there's a, a beatdown going on between Raw and SmackDown. Becky Lynch gets busted uh, open from uh, a Nia Jax punch. Uh, she's triumphantly, you know, walking to the back with blood all over her face. People called it like, you know, the king of the ring moment or this big type of moment for for Becky Lynch. And it was. It felt like it was getting a lot of buzz and there was a lot of uh, traction going on all across the Internet and all across the, uh, the mainstream media about it as well. Uh, Then we come to find out that uh, on Tuesday that she is legitimately... uh, She had a concussion and what... They're the weirdest fucking company, Joe. A broken face. She has a broken face, Joe. It's actually a broken nose, but for some godforsaken reason, they call it a broken face. Why is this the weirdest company ever? I... Like that—that that was an immediate. Somebody said, "Ah, oh, yeah, so Lynch has got a broken nose." And it's—it's a broken face. And it's like, why? Who cares? Like, she was taken to a local medical facility for her broken face. Like, what are we doing? Why are this is not human beings? Why are we doing this? Who's ever had a broken face? I mean, Maybe look, Rudy, this... T. Rudy T. Rudy T. is about the only guy who had a broken face. Because this is like actually caved in on itself. Rudy Tomjanovich. I just use a '70s NBA reference that nobody's going to get except for you, Joe. But you got it, so that's good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. Similar situation too. He just got cold cocked in the face and um you know and and decked. But um yeah, I don't know. You know his company with their vernacular. (laughs) He's what the fuck huh? A broken face. What are you doing? I I mean, I I think (laughs) just say broken nose. I think they're trying to make it sound more impressive. (laughs) Like not not impressive, but they're trying to make it sound like it's a more dangerous injury or a more um you know serious injury then then I, I i think that's the idea i think the yeah. idea is you can also
1: just say concussion because your company is back patting itself about concussion so i think you're pretty well good if you just say concussion but i get it like you're saying because somebody might think a broken nose you throw a face mask on and you go out there and you and, and, and you work like yeah who cares you know some territory guy talking about how they broke their nose so yeah the idea that just a broken nose would keep you out of a match that i i, I could see that but i think they said broken a broken face and concussion i think the concussions more than enough that you could actually you know given what all this company has done and and, and then
0: i'm not disagreeing with you i think it's stupid that they you know but but i think i think the idea too is that they don't think i think there's a lot of people out there that don't take concussions uh you know all that seriously either yet um they hear concussion and they think you know you just bumped your head you know and um, especially if you're not a sports fan and you don't see all the massive change changes that have taken place in every organized sport I mean even baseball now has a special disabled list specifically for concussions and um, when guys get hit in the head um you know with an errant baseball or whatever so it's not just even the contact sports it's just so but 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 I think that there's some people who just hear a concussion and they don't take it uh, but, but yeah, I don't know. They just, they want to make these injuries that she have sound way more, um, you know, uh, like she suffered. I think they're just trying to make them sound more impressive, but yeah. it's just, it's, that's what this company, They just, it's just at the end of the day, it's utter nonsense. It's they're not. They're just
1: weird. They're just very, very weird when they don't have to be in this, in these cases, they just come up, they just have decided that the certain vernacular has to be done because well, that's the problem. The
0: problem here is, here's the problem. Saying broken face doesn't make it sound more impressive. It just makes it sound stupid. Right. Because it's not a real thing. Um, so what they end up doing is they, they should have just said they should have made up an injury. It's wrestling. Say she has a broken orbital
1: bone. <laughs> right. you know, yes. It, it, <laughs> there you go. That's a very serious injury, the broken orbital bone. Like, you know,
0: yeah, I mean, it, it, say she has a fractured skull. I mean, who cares? It's wrestling. Make up an injury that really does sound like it's debilitating. <laughs> What is a broken face? It just sounds hokey, and yeah. it sounds like the rest of their made-up language. So, um, you know, I, I you know, I, I'm with you. It, it, that sounded goofy. But with that said, it hasn't done anything to cool off Becky Lynch at all. If not anything. at
1: all, not at she's, all.
0: She's hotter uh, thanks to the injury, and you know, uh, this, you know, it's, it's almost universally agreed. That because she doesn't have serious injuries and, you know, I mean, because of a broken nose and, you know, it seems like it wasn't any kind of serious concussion and broken noses aren't a big deal, um, you know, that it's a blessing in disguise. That's the prevailing theory because now they don't have to do this Ronda-Becky match at Survivor Series. You don't have to force yourself. Into either a bullshit finish or having to have someone do a job when neither one of them are in a position right now where doing a job is a good idea. You're definitely not beating Ronda. And as hot as Becky is, it would be ridiculous to beat her at this point. So now, because of other circumstances, Roman Reigns and his medical issue, uh, Triple H you know, tearing his chest off. Um, the company just not believing in Braun Strowman whatsoever. I don't care what anybody says. They don't believe in Braun Strowman and never will. And I think, you know, the events of this week hammer that home Um, that uh, now this is going to be potentially your main event match at WrestleMania, which is better for everybody involved. She's the hottest character in the company. Becky is Ronda Rousey is the biggest star in the company. Um, depending where you stand on whether Brock is a part time or full time, or whether Ronda Rousey is a bigger star than Brock anyway, and now that's potentially your WrestleMania main event because you have no Roman Reigns, you have no Triple H versus Batista, uh, or you know, or, or it's at least in doubt. Uh, they don't believe in Braun Strowman, so who knows what they're going to even do with Brock? Uh, you know, there's some opponent that uh, they have planned that that hasn't you know been reported anywhere yet, so you know it's 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 a good break you know they can main event wrestlemania it's it's the hottest program in the co- I, here's what i know rich by far the hottest thing in the company on November
1: fifteenth. Oh, and it's it's not even close, and it's not even. And the, the thing too is you can kind of gain that that mainstream buzz that we always talk about. We use the VOW yeah. buzz-o-meter or whatever. It's not really a, a you know a perfect science or whatnot, but it's just one of those things. Similar to like like the punk thing at, at Money in the Bank, and there's been a few times like the Daniel Bryan rise and and that first Cena uh, Brock match. There's there's been a few times here and there that it, you know WWE has sort of done that, and and you notice it. It's just like you know you get people that maybe don't talk. To you about wrestling all that much? Asking you some questions. You see websites covering it that you've never seen covered before. It's just like anything, and the people are just consuming anything about Becky right now and anything about Ronda. And I don't know if you noticed the ratings too. Did you Did you see the SmackDown ratings? They did pretty well uh, a, a, as well, like better than they've done in recent weeks. So there was an audible like not only the buzz that we're sort of talking about, but like legitimately people curious to go and jump in and see what this injury thing was going to be and what the next steps was going to be and all that sort of stuff. But man, that blood, I mean, Becky walking to the backstage with that blood. I mean, that is an iconic moment. And it's one of those situations, very similar, you know, and, and we'll see eventually how it comes. And obviously, there's a lot of different ways we want to kind of cover this and tackle this, uh, this whole situation in a bit. But, you know, on the positive side, this might end up being, you know, a, a blessing in disguise in a lot of ways. Obviously, it sucks to get a broken nose. It sucks to get a concussion. It sucks to do all that. But like you said, the, the idea that now you can sort of hold off you don't have to get forced into this this angle on Survivor Series. Uh, Becky now, I think, is even more popular than ever. As you said, is like arguably the, one of the po- most popular wrestlers in the entire company uh, right now. And and there's also that idea too of like things getting taken away from you as a wrestling fan is sometimes the best thing you can possibly do. We talk about all the time where you know people want this in New Japan right now, tomorrow, today. I need this right now. And the best thing that they do a lot of times is make you wait. They make you. They made Okada wait a year and a half to get his big moment. They're making Naito eventually wait for his big moment. They made Omega sort of wait a little bit as well. Like that's some of the best things ever. And and, and you look at WWE and you look at some situations that happen as well. Another horribly unfortunate situation was you know Stone Cold you know getting dropped on his neck by Owen Hart uh, at, at SummerSlam '97. But they worked it out in an angle where he you know was sort of the guy. Hey, I'm ready to go. And the company's saying no, you can't. No, you're not ready. No, you're not. And it ended up building the entire anti-establishment character that Austin had. Is like here's a guy who's out. There every single week saying hey no put me in i'm ready to wrestle i'm, I'm fine i'm whatever and the company not allowing fans to get what they want and the fans sort of bubbling and, and and percolating from that and then going oh my god no we need this guy we want this guy and then he comes back he's an absolute megastar and like i am not saying the exact same thing is going to happen with becky they have to play their cards right to get to that point but i think you know i i think in a month's time we might look back in this and go geez this actually was good. To, I mean, yeah, obviously, again, it sucks that, that it happened, but it might have been great timing and it might lead to an incredible moment at WrestleMania where these two are in the main event, which would just be ridiculous as well. It'd be awesome to see that happen.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, it's superficial injury, so it's not, you know, you don't have to feel bad about saying you know, that's the thing. It, 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 I'm sure she
1: doesn't deep down really care all that much. You know what I mean? Like, I, I oh, think no, she no. probably I mean, sees at,
0: at this point, the, she the has to be, yeah. she's be thrilled at how this is all playing out. Um, you know, and and look, we'll see if they can keep it hot in, until April. Um, but and, and look, Becky Lynch was super hot before that happened. But this, without question, has taken it to another level. And it's also opened up um, all of the Twitter and social media sniping that Becky and Ronda are doing, with it, which they're doing at the perfection. I mean, you, you can't do it any better than – particularly Becky, than the way that Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey are going out on social media. It's, it's – it's, um, they're – they're successfully working people. Um, you know, it's, it's reality-based. It's, it's just tremendous. And Nia Jax is getting in the mix, too. And I know there's a lot to unpack here, and we want to talk about Nia Jax a little bit. But, you know, Nia and Becky are working, too. Nia, you know, got a lot of heat from a lot of people for posting that picture of her fist and complaining about the little cut on her fist. You know, which was really a tremendous tweet, you know, because it riled everybody up. It, it achieved its objective of riling everyone up. And, um, you know, and obviously they're all working at this point. I think that's, you know, um, fairly obvious, but they're doing it in such a way where, you know, the, you know it was a pretty crazy 48 hours between the three of them just tweeting back and forth with each other and, and and people just eating it up. I mean, this has been great stuff. It's it's without question the only thing that company has going right now. It's, it's by far the hottest thing they have going. Yeah.
1: I don't know if you saw earlier today, Nia Jax. I think in in, in a conversation with Tonga, of all people, which is just the most nuts thing, uh, yeah. said like you know the doc say I'll be okay to compete at Survivor Series. So it's like this little thing, yeah. and then again like a bunch of stories, you know, a bunch of sites picked it up, and people got really mad about her or whatnot. And and we'll we'll talk about Nia here in a bit because I think she she's. Not totally, uh, you know, you know, uh, we'll, we'll discuss her in a bit because yeah, we'll, I think there is we'll some negatives to her in a mean, bit, but but like, no, she's working it well as well. Like, you yeah. lean into this, you know what I mean? Like, you, you you don't run and hide from it. Don't, oh my god, I'm so sorry. Oh my god, whatever. Oh my god, oh my god. Like, if Becky is cool with it, which you know, presumably from the tweets, she is, and, and oh, of and course the she is. is. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. it's it, they're pro wrestlers, people. They're yeah. you know, at the end yeah. of the day, they're working anytime they can work and 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 kind of pull the wool over you. That's what they want to do, that's what their favorite thing in the world to do is because they're fucking pro wrestlers, but no, I mean. Now that they're all leaning into it and everyone's okay with it, like her, then deciding, hey, you know what? There's no reason to run from it. Yeah, it's my thing, and and like she might be able to get something out of this as well. Like it might become a a thing, and and you know, there's a legit reputation for her. And I said we'll talk about that in a bit, but there's a way that she can spin this into a positive as well. So it it it, it's weird that like a real life injury can do this, but it it really can in wrestling sometimes. And sometimes you need that to sort of uh, rejigger things and get people right uh, on the right track, which is is odd in this very 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 odd business. But Well, well, Rich
0: the stories that they tell never fucking work anymore.
1: No, they suck. So, <laughs> Cause they fucking stink at them. So yeah. I mean,
0: it's a, and, 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 you know, we'll talk about that when we get to Daniel Bryan, because if that wasn't a fucking dick tuck, I don't know what, but we'll get to that. Uh, if that wasn't just you know, like, that, that was like a light in a firecracker. And then it just fizzles until... it, And it's just a dud. It's like but a we'll snake. It, it's,
1: it was a snake where you light a firecracker and it's not a firecracker. It's one of those fucking, you know, the, the snake that's like a five-inch, you know, black thing that just like... you know, like, oh. Yeah. Okay, I mean, well, that's it. All right. Well, the, I thought this the, was a firecracker. That's all right. They blew
0: the easiest story they were ever handed because they fucking stink and they don't know what to do with anybody anymore. But we'll get to that. But as far as this goes, it's like, you know, they backed into and accidentally sparked something that can potentially be hot now by no doing and i'm talking about the, the company of their own i mean they just you know uh, fucking naya jacks potatoed becky lynch and now they have something to work with here that that they did not create they just they, it was handed to them and we'll see if they blow this one because again i think one thing that needs to be addressed is they can blow anything because they're terrible at what they do now um so they could find a way and there's a lot of time rich
1: oh they're licking their chops to find a way to fuck this up i'm sure of it. i mean
0: this is easy too this one is straightforward but we thought daniel bryan's return and how hot he was was pretty straightforward guy who
1: was was popular goes away comes back you know that's
0: that's... now listen and remember he was the hottest thing ever at that time and they found a way to fucking cool him off So, you know, you let them get their grubby little hands and fucking uh, onto a a fucking, you know, red hot story and 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 overwork it to death. They will. So, you know, I'm not convinced. I'm not 100 percent convinced that we're just going to moonwalk into WrestleMania with this red hot main event. I am letting this play out, Rich, because there is way too much precedent that they can screw this up, too, even though it's gift wrapped for them. Um, But, yeah, they were handed something here. Uh, with that potato shot now let's talk about Nia Jax a little bit because listen look she deserves scorn it's no secret and on this show we've talked about all the time she fucking sucks we always say it she's terrible she's not a good pro wrestler she's never been a good pro wrestler Uh, she's pretty awful at her job and it's funny because when she first came up rich if you recall the knock on her was that her shit looked too light Everyone was like, "This is her." The idea of Nia Jax is that she's this woman who's twice the size of everybody else, and she, and she basically she works light as a feather. That was her knock when she first came up, and now looking back at the series of botches and injuries that she has caused, and there's a laundry list of them. And I know, yeah, I, got, you know I got them here. We'll, you've we'll, got I'll, the list. I'll, so I'll we'll go over them it yeah, in, I'll a go over in a bit. Yeah, and if, you know. It, it, in the beginning was maybe she overcompensating for her reputation and, and maybe because it didn't take long for her to start, you know, destroying people you know, left and right, uh, you know, and, and it's like, and it culminates with this. And yeah, I have no problem with them leveraging this into making some money off of it. I have no problem with that, but it does need to be said that Nia Jax not only is a terrible pro wrestler, but there is now a long track record of her being very dangerous. And it's like it, she has to take her medicine now. Like everybody else does. S- did Seth Rollins not go through this when he had that string where he injured sting with the buckle bomb and he injured uh, who else he injured? Uh, Finn Balor, right? was another one. Yeah. Of his, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. And I, th- I forgot who was sniping, John but there was a Cena, bunch of wrestlers. And... Yeah. There was a bunch of wrestlers. Oh yeah. He hit a uh, scene in the nose and broke his nose or whatnot. Yeah. I forget so, about so that. Too, Seth so Seth
0: Rollins went through a rough stretch where he injured some people and he took his medicine AJ Styles went through a rough stretch where I think over the course of eighteen months he broke like three people's necks with the Styles Clash. Which yeah, he...
1: Tatsu, uh and Then I forget the I forget the three. Yeah, those two for sure. Oh, yeah, of course, duh. Yeah, and
0: and and it's like for fifteen years he didn't hurt anybody with the move, and then he hurt three people in a year, and now he hasn't hurt anybody since. It's like it was just all clustered. You know, and 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 he took his medicine. That, remember, people were calling for ban it, you know, ban the Styles Clash, get rid of it, and we defended AJ Styles, and and but he took his medicine. Uh, you know, when he went through this, Brie Bella most recently went through this, where she had a series of botches, where most of them were just hurt herself, but then you know,
1: she, <laughs> right, right, right.
0: But, but I mean, and she had to eat shit. So when you have a long string. Of botches like this and a long uh, now pattern of injuring people. I'm sorry, you got to hear shit, so she has to hear some shit now, and you know it. it and she's got to be careful now. It's just the way it goes. And you can go right down the line. And those are only three examples. Uh, there's others if we if if we really stop to think about it. And uh and and but 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 Rich, read off some of it because I don't know if people really understand. And, and and we were told immediately, you know, bombarded with DMs how the dirty little secret in the company is Nia Jax is fucking dangerous and nobody likes working with her.
1: So- yeah, so this is, uh, this is from Reddit. This is good guy Rev on the uh, Squared Circle, our Squared Circle on Reddit uh, compiled some of these. And I know, and there's some others as well that people gave us and we're like, hey, don't forget about this one because we were kind of discussing it on Twitter a little bit. Uh, this one, uh, you have Charlotte doing A moonsault to the outside, and I not catching her. But that—that's an epidemic in this entire company. Nobody knows that. For all those fucking classes they have at the PC, and there's a hundred people and forty-seven teachers. And can somebody learn how to fucking catch somebody off the top rope? For God's sakes, nobody in the company does. Men, women, nobody. Nobody knows how to catch anybody. Please, somebody catch somebody. Has anyone?
0: Has anyone ever caught Charlotte Flair? No
1: one's ever caught Charlotte. No, Charlotte always. Yeah, she needs to just not do stuff off the top rope anymore. She's not great either because she. I don't. I, I think her landing are always pretty rough too and like we've always talked about too she's so much bigger than a lot of the other women and taller yeah. than a lot of the other women that it's really tricky and weird or whatnot but no nobody's ever caught her on anything ever i think you know, they're Sasuke terrified tries and then just falls. yeah i i would be too i mean let's be honest you know it's it's a lot happening and she doesn't do stuff the smoothest either you know even her little corkscrew yeah. thing or whatever it's you can tell it's like hard you know what i mean it's it's coming at you it's yeah. not like a you know a yoshino or some guy like that doing a moonsault where he's just lightly tapping you on the chest and he's landing on his feet or whatever <laughs> moving on or whatnot yeah
0: She's far from graceful. It no, is what you're trying to say? She's not a she lands. Fire. She it's,
1: lands on you yeah. after one of those moves, and that's not ideal. You're usually supposed to kind of roll out of it and whatnot, which is what well, you know, we always talk about as well when people look at like stuff like Dragon Gate and and, and all these other companies, and oh my god, they're unsafe because they're doing flips. Like these guys are the lightest flippers in the world. How many Dragon Gate guys just land on their feet and just go on? You know what I mean? Like it's they'll the guy it, in the it's, chest, it's, or they'll land into 15 people, or they'll land into half the fucking rosters out there catching them. Like it's not a problem at all. Like,
0: yeah, the whole unit's out there, and they got 10 people catching them, or it's a lot of tuck-and- <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of yeah, tough exactly. to roll. Right. Same thing in lucha.
1: Yeah, it's it hits you in the tough chest tough. as I go, and then yeah, I, I I roll out of it. Yeah, any lucha guy you bring up. Anytime they're doing, you know, a, a decent moonsault, they're they're hitting you on the chest a little bit, but then they're rolling through it, either landing on their feet or you know, rolling another two times and then you know popping up or whatever. So it's it's very light. But yeah, you got that. Another time uh you have Charlotte getting her head spiked right on Nia's knee. So knee uh Naya's trying to do a shoulder breaker, uh, but uh instead decides the top of her skull is her shoulder. That just one is right cruel. on the top of the head. Yeah. <laughs> That one, I forgot about that one. It is really bad. There's <laughs> video clips really of bad. all of these. Yes. yeah. As I said, Good Guy Rev, if you look up it's just called A History of Unsafe Practices by Nia Jax is the name of the thread. I'll try to throw a link in the show description but in case I forget. Uh, there you go. Uh, Bailey um, talks about messing up her shoulder after be th- being thrown by Nia, causing her to miss SummerSlam a few years ago, so you got that. Uh, someone told us about a Battleground thing as well, right? I did not watch it, or Proving Ground, or whatever. What the hell is the name of the show that they have on WWE Network where they, they go back and look at training? I, I forget what it was exactly, it's but... A um. Proving ground. That's it. Uh, where they're doing like the the hair toss spot, and Nia somehow fucks somebody up. I forget what exactly happened there, but that was another one. As well, uh, there is a Nia botch where he uh, she drops an elbow on Bailey, even though Bailey is sitting up, which is not ideal for an elbow drop. So it's another one of those like kind of weird. Like I don't know who's really at fault there, but yeah, it doesn't look good when Nia is the one dropping an elbow on you know a Bailey who's sitting up or whatever. So definitely pretty awkward. Uh, there was Naya Jax doing a backbreaker and she lands on the wrong knee. Uh, against Asuka, so that definitely did not go well either. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the one pretty recently, which I think is 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 on Tamina as well. But uh, the same day that this happened, this the same day that this Becky Lynch thing happened, uh, Zelina Vega, who got tossed out of the ring by Nia Jax at Evolution and landed right on her fucking face, uh, yeah. she just got cleared uh, on Monday when this happened as well. And 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 oh, sorry, one more as well. Alexa Bliss also talked about uh, earlier in the year getting injured. Uh, in in a match with uh, nijax as well, so yeah, there's uh, there's a laundry list there. I mean, that's a lot of people on that roster that can uh, can say they've been uh, hurt at some point by her. So that's yeah, that's not good.
0: Which is why this idea that it's unfair to criticize her is bullshit. She's got a wake of bodies, of trail of bodies that she's left behind, and like anybody else, she's gonna have to take some some shit for it. And and again, we've had people tell us that she has a reputation for being dangerous, and and there's people who don't like working with her. So, you know, from that aspect it is what it is. Now, do I think you can get away with um, you know, injuring somebody or a botch if you're were... look, it's like we said at the top. She sucks. And she's not a favorite of the hardcore fans or the smarks. And yes, people are going to be harder on wrestlers like that. I'm not that that's without question. That you know, I don't even think you could argue that. I think if look at it this way, uh Rich, if um, Daniel Bryan injures someone on a botch and then pick your company-trained guy of choice. How about Titus O'Neill? And Titus O'Neill injures somebody on the exact same botch. Who's going to get more shit for it?
1: Yeah, Titus mean, O'Neill.
0: It, you know, so we can't sit here and pretend that you don't get more rope if you're someone who is considered a great worker or someone who knows what they're doing or someone who's just a hardcore favorite. But with that said, we just gave examples of people like Seth Rollins and AJ Styles here in the same shit when they had a trail of bodies in their wake as well. So, yeah, you can get away with one or two, but when you have a, a, a pattern and a history of, of, of being sloppy with people, I, I, listen, there's no reason you can't criticize uh, Nia Jax now. There's people out there saying she should lose her job and all that. And it, it, yeah, that, that's stupid. It's, too, like, yeah. it's <laughs> like anything else. Don't listen to the most extreme opinions. It's like anything else in life, not just wrestling. Eliminate the extremists on both sides. Always, okay. It's like Olympic fucking diving scores. You eliminate the highest and lowest right off the bat. Fucking <laughs> right. get rid of that shit. It's it's the outliers. Don't don't get in arguments with those people, those mentalists. Okay, but. It is totally reasonable and fair to be critical of her. Um, I think it's a bigger problem in the company. There's just they're calling up people who aren't very good and aren't ready and and don't have enough experience. and you know, and sometimes this is what you get,
1: absolutely. And I I think a lot of the issue as well that we talked about, yeah, the experience and and not getting maybe the proper training at the performance center, despite the fact that, as we said, there's so much, there's all the systems in place to have it. But a lot of times, uh, guys either don't get the right training, or guys or girls don't either get the right training, or in many cases, like Nia Jax was somebody that got brought up way sooner than she probably should have. And I think even at the time, that was the thing of like, oh, really? We're going to bring Nia Jax up already? Like, I don't think she's quite ready. And there's been quite a few of that where like people come up and those sort of, and those guys and girls are the ones that end up kind of having a lot of these issues as well. And the other problem too is, they're working a, a, a very fast-paced style in WWE right now. I mean, it is, go back and watch somebody from six years ago. It's almost, it, it, it's it's unrecognizable the way they're working now. They're working a riskier, faster-paced style, which is fine. Like, I, you know, I enjoy it to, to an extent, but the problem that, that, that ends up happening is when you get people that either aren't on the same page or aren't as well-trained or don't know each other, there's not that same chemistry, you're trying to do stuff that, like, you know, guys in New Japan do and they tour with each other and, they, and they're fighting the same guys over and over and over again. You know, Dragon Gate, those guys are fighting each other. Over and over again, like indies guys are super familiar with each other and 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 do this sort of stuff. Whereas a lot of times you're trying to work this like brickneck style, you know. I wish, I should probably come up with a better term than that, but, you know, like, this the sort of style in, in you know, without maybe necessarily having that same chemistry that a lot of other people would have, or maybe not having that same idea. But but I think more than anything, it comes to training and just knowing where to be and knowing the better parts and and just, you know, developing that, because that, that, chemistry is a part of the training as well, developing that sort of chemistry and knowing, you know, instincts where people are going to go. You know, Bailey sits up, don't drop the elbow drop, you know what I mean? Like, something like that, you know, Charlotte, you kind of lose Charlotte while you're trying to do a shoulder breaker, change it into a power slam. Like, just that stuff like that of just sort of, Adapting to this to what's in front of you versus necessarily, you know, just being set and in, and in, in rigid in the style that you're working in the in the, in the type of work you're having, which is is a big problem as well with the PC. Is they teach one style of work and one way to do it and and follow this pattern or whatnot, and and, and sometimes you have to improvise and sometimes you have to sort of work your way through things, and and, and sometimes it doesn't you know it doesn't work out that way. So well,
0: it's like Jeff Hawkins always says. Uh, the thing about the PC that people lose sight of, they're not there to to uh, build great wrestlers. They're there to build television stars. Yeah, right. They're teaching these people the basics, and they're trying to create television stars. They're not trying to create uh, people to go out there and have five-star matches. And there are two great myths when it comes to the WWE main roster and the WWE as a whole. There's two great myths that have, have really, it's just become shit people say, and it's not true. And you touched on one of them, that the WWE house style is safe. It is absolutely not safe. It is fast-paced. It is dangerous as any other style in the world. They go hard. They do wild shit. There's dives in practically every match.
1: No, literally every match, because that's how they go to commercial breaks. They They go to to commercial like a dive equals commercial break now. Is 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 and no
0: one knows how to catch. And 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 there's high impact stuff. This idea that the WWE house style is safe is utter fucking nonsense. Look at their litany of injuries that they have in this company. Even even though they have like 250 wrestlers on their contract, they have a higher percentage. I I, listen. I can't prove this, but I'd be willing to bet that they have a higher percentage of their wrestlers injured and unable to work than any other company in the world.
1: Oh, absolutely! No, no, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt in my mind that they do. And there's yeah, this this past year has been just a laundry list of injuries. It's been little nicks and stuff, but there's
0: somebody's out.
1: Yeah, there's there's little nicks and, and and scrapes and bruises and whatnot, but there's knees, there's necks, there's Concussions. There's a lot of shit going on, like because they just work. Like we said, a breakneck speed, a, a fast pace, a dangerous pace, and, and no more dangerous than any other wrestling company. But it is dangerous all the all the same. But then at a, at a schedule that is well beyond what anybody works as well and i think that's one of the big issues uh you know more than anything especially with these all the litany of you know knee injuries and and those kind of you know uh you know wear and tear injuries that are are so persistent right now as well is that they're just working and i mean the house shows you know driving from city to city that's right that wears on you i mean they don't get their time off they don't get the tag matches like we talk about on house shows and and people you know criticize you know new japan for having these kind of mundane you know multi-man tags on 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 you know road to shows or whatnot and i agree you know sometimes. Sometimes those are boring or whatnot but they're there for a reason they're there to give guys nights off they're there to give guys you know kata has to go in there throw a rainmaker hit a drop kick and then tag out and that's all he needs to really do and and that's that's you know whereas some of these house show guys you know a, a guy like a seth rollins has to play the hits almost every single night and that 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 wears on guys
0: and and i don't i don't even and now look if you want to make the argument okay they've got a higher percentage of injuries but they're making people sit out with things like concussions. They're making yeah, and people that's the thing. Out.
1: And that's, that's definitely and, true. That, you can make that
0: argument, that they're making people sit out with injuries that other wrestlers don't sit out because they they sit out, they don't get paid, and these guys have downsides. I get that. But here's the thing. There's still injuries. At the end of the day, these people are all still injured because this is the this is the most dangerous style the main roster, I would argue, has ever worked. You look in the, you know, oh, it's the mid-80s. It's not even a competition. Just, Jeez, it's not even close. I mean-
1: Yeah, you look in the '80s, the '90s.
0: (laughs) You look in the '80s and '90s, they were just slapping on headlocks, you know, and 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 hitting two or three high spots per match. This is a, like you said, a fast, high-paced, high-impact style, and I don't want to hear it because they banned pile drivers. I don't want to hear about how safe it is, okay? Because and here's the other thing too. Oh well, you know, and they're not doing head drops. Rich, the last takeover there was a head drop, multiple head drops in every fucking match. I don't want to hear about WWE not doing head drops. It's nonsense. OK, uh, you know, it, because they, it, it, that's that's not even true either. OK, so that's myth number one, that this that, that the WWE is a safe house style. It isn't. It's dangerous. And, and you're seeing there and all these people are sloppily trained, which and, and called up too soon, which brings me to myth number two. That the that, and this is something that people have been saying. And when you really examine it, it's not true that the WWE main roster is the most talented roster in the world. And it's super deep and everybody's great. Rich, I don't even think it's that good. When you really examine the WWE main roster, it's not that great of a roster. You have a couple great wrestlers at the top, whether it's AJ Styles, who, by the way, has had like one great match in a year. OK, but th- that's
1: we'll, we'll talk about that there. in a bit. Yeah, we got a, we got a 370 day title reign that we're going to talk about here and <laughs> try to break down well, look, in a moment. So, yeah, But well,
0: look, he's a great wrestler. I'll, you know, it's like so you have your AJ Styles and your Daniel Bryans and your Seth Rollins. You have your people. And then you have a bunch of people in the middle who are all indistinguishable in the same. And then the bottom of that roster fucking stinks. Okay. You trust Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose. It, it, she's terrible. You trust Ginger uh, Mahal. Ginger uh, Mahal, some kind of great worker. Nia Jackson? is Tamina the we fucking we talked pits. about earlier. <laughs> Tamina is Tamina. one of the worst. Who can't do a wrestlers. splash.
1: If there's one thing Tamina Sunoka should be able to do, it's a splash. She has been in that company for like 13 years now. She can't do a splash. She can't do a slash.
0: Sonia DeVille, some kind of great wrestler. Uh, You'll know, go right down oh, the line. Oh,
1: hold on, hold on a minute. That, that was your girl. Yeah. You're you're you're, yeah, but you're she's off not kind Deville of great, band great. No, she's not. No, no.
0: You know, It's like you it's like people talk about how great this may be. It's not. And and forget, that's just the bottom. That's the dregs. Even look at the middle. I mean, you know, this roster is just loaded with people like The Ascension. and
1: Yeah. And, uh well, I think and, and, some guy that, that you have to look at as well. Elias is a guy who character-wise is great. He is not a good worker at all. And they're going to have to figure out a way to kind of get around that. He's it's,
0: okay. I mean, I, I
1: don't I, think... Yeah, I think he's fine. But, I mean, he's, he's fine for what he is now. But they have high hopes for him. I, I don't know that he can... He's a guy that you see that where it's like, yeah, okay, the character's all there, but, man, once they get him in, like, a situation where he has to have a match that's more than 10 minutes, I mean, they're going to really struggle with that. Baron Corbin is a very great example of that as well. Baron Corbin was all well and good when he was out there, you know, throwing guys around on two-minute NXT matches, but, Jesus, you get him in a 13-minute match and, you know, nine minutes are headlocks because he doesn't know what else to do. So that, that's, that's going to be a problem.
0: Baron Corbin's so bad they don't let him wrestle anymore. <laughs>
1: right. They, they took him it's, away, it's,
0: yeah. When you really take a hard look at this roster, it's it's okay. It's a good roster. It is not this great roster that people make it out to be, and a lot of these people, like you're saying, are rushed up to the main roster. They're undertrained. They're, they're they they were trained in house, and and again, I listen. The PC, I I have a lot of problems with the PC. I, I really don't think that in a lot of aspects, I don't think they're training people well, and and we're seeing that. There's a lot of sloppiness on this roster, and there's people getting hurt constantly. And, um, you know, I, I just I, – I think it's a myth that the WWE main roster is is the best roster in the world and the deepest roster. It's not very deep at all. It's a very shallow roster. It's very good at the very top. Then it's okay, I guess, in the middle. And then it's just – from the middle down, it's 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 a very weak roster. There's not a ton of great talent on this roster. Um, you know, and, and maybe – you know, we, we we always say when we review these pay-per-views up, ah, you know, another one that looked great on paper, but it just didn't deliver. Maybe it's because they're not great on paper and we just have this distorted vision of what mm-hmm. this roster is because they don't deliver. And it's because I think it's an average as fuck roster. It is. It's an average roster when you, when you really boil it down and break it down. It's an old roster, too.
1: I, I was going to say that's, that, that's a big part of it too. Is like a guy like an AJ Styles who you know we keep looking at. Okay, when's this, you know man AJ Styles had a rough year or he hasn't had great matches this year. I mean he's forty one years old. At some point he was going to slow down. You know what I mean? Like and this might have been it. Samoa Joe is another guy who's a little bit older, even a Daniel Bryan type who who we'll talk about had a great a, a, a great match on SmackDown or whatnot. Has had some good matches in it since his return, but hasn't quite had great matches. I mean he's a guy with a, a lot of wear and tear on his body, and he's you know in his uh, late thirties as well. Like I mean that that's an issue. Shinsuke Nakamura is a guy who who by all accounts appears to. Just be cashing out out in his late 30s as well. There's a lot of those guys that, that are older than you think, and you don't quite realize. Like AJ Styles is the same age that like Hogan was, you know, when Hogan was considered old, and you know what I mean. Like it, it, we we sort of take for granted because these guys do take better care of themselves and they do do better stuff. But still, they're, they're 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 going to age at some point, and that might be a big issue. Is that a lot of the top tier workers, even your Cena types, are older? I mean, Cena has absolutely slowed down a lot. Where three years ago he was out there having really good matches, now at this point he either a doesn't need to have those good matches or b isn't really capable of him either because he he is older and the the wear and tear has has finally kind of shown itself most
0: of the top end of their roster both uh when it comes to their top stars and their top workers are wrestlers clearly on the backside decline of their career with the exception of maybe seth rollins and one or two others i'm not thinking of uh, some of the uh, on the women's side, your Becky Lynch's and your Sasha Banks, they're not on the client yet either. But um, a good portion of the top end of their roster, you just named a bunch of them. I'm not going to name them again, are clearly on the backside, on the yeah. downside of their of their careers. Something so like it's Finn an Bachelor old Too
1: People forget he's 37 as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, I still think he's got years ahead of him, but uh, he's still, he's 37. You know what I mean? It's not like this dude. He looks like he's like, you know, 29 years old, but he's 37 years old. I mean, that's he's an old man.
0: Yeah, I mean you, there's there's like a – you could be an old 37 or a young 37 and those sorts of things. I'm, I don't want to see them split hairs on everyone, but um, it, it's it's really just an average. I mean is Dean Ambrose some kind of super worker? Um, you, know, you go right down the line. It's not it, – the perception of how good this roster is does not meet the reality, and that's probably why all of their major shows are disappointing because we're setting the bar too high. It, it's just not that good of a roster, and there's a lot of undertrained people on the bottom of it. So, um, you know, those those are two things that I that I wanted to point out. And quickly, I guess we should talk about this Daniel Bryan thing, um, which is, you know, they, look, this is if, if you if someone went into a coma the night that he announced that they announced his return and how hot, you know, all of that was and how excited everybody was and how it was like, oh, well, shit, they've got themselves a gift wrap top star for the top of the card. He's he's fucking people have been waiting four years for this. This is easy you do a bill here he gets through the miz and then uh, you know he either beats the miz or aj styles for the title at wrestlemania nice easy put a bow on it it's just the easiest story they could ever tell and we talked and we got some pushback on it in the beginning but then people started to you know more and more people started to see things our way they couldn't have blown this daniel bryan return worse i mean it's just a, it was an abject failure the the cast feud was the was totally misreading the room. It was a waste of time and it was, and, and, and you, you were devoting time to someone who had no future, whether he would have gotten cut or not. That man had no future. He was just, he's, he's another person who was just someone shitty on the, on this supposed great roster. I mean, big Cass was working semi main events. I mean, the guy was always terrible and everybody knew it. And that was a waste of time. The Miz feud was weird and they totally cooled him off and turned him into just a guy. and, uh, nothing says that more than you know him doing uh, a just a guy heel turn um, that anyone else on the roster could have done and, and it's just he's just a guy now with with spur of the moment heel turns that were decided 48 hours earlier and winning the title and it not really meaning anything and they couldn't have blown that any worse and it's just fucking disturbing how bad they are at telling even the easiest gift wrapped breakaway dunk stories that they're fucking handed. And uh, and here we are. Daniel Bryan turns heel, wins the title. And, and much like the rest of Daniel Bryan's run, nobody fucking cares. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, did, is he any kind of difference maker? And he should have been. But he's not. He's just a guy.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to see this only because it's just something different for him because what, what he was doing as a face, I mean, they obviously, as you said, they, they, they fucked that up royally, and that was never going to get back on track the way it was, so I'm excited to at least see a different tone to him because it, it has been forever. I, I, I'm honestly trying to think back if he was ever really – a true heel quote-unquote maybe with the team hell no, no stuff he, for a little he bit no
0: he had that heel run where he wrestled mark henry and sheamus and, and all. Oh, the, right, the,
1: the, turn on henry yeah i remember that he was kind of a chicken shit with the money in the bank he's a chicken that's shit that's right. heel yeah
0: it was like yeah and he did very he was he, he did very well in that role but people like us were like Ugh, this is a waste of Daniel." Bryan. right but he right, but right. he performed well and there were a lot of people who were high on it but it's not what i wanted out of daniel Bryan, and to me it was always a waste of of what he proved he can bring to the table as a babyface later. So, I mean, we were right again when it came to
1: that. Yeah, of course. And I forget that's when he started the yes thing, and then it became, oh, yes, yes. is getting over, so do no. And then no got over, okay. and then yes got over even more, and then eventually they just had to turn him again and, and, and make a face that he was a big star, yeah.
0: Exactly. And, and just to be clear before you go on and make your point, I don't even have a problem with them turning Daniel Bryan because he was going nowhere as a face anyway. I just think it's funny in looking back at how it all played out. I don't care in, that they turn in just him.
1: a few months. Yeah, in just a few months, they took a slam dunk and made it into now he's just a guy. another guy. I'm, he's a cog. He's a cog in the wheel. You, you know what I mean? You can turn him. You cannot turn him.
0: him. Doesn't matter. Doesn't make yeah. a difference. Yeah, it's like you know, and 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 he and and he himself. It now has come out was so disappointed in the way they were pushing him. He wanted to turn heel. Can you fucking imagine that? From how hot he started, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: even he knew, even he knew that this sucked, and he wanted to turn heel. So does anyone still want to argue with us anymore? Okay. I'm embarrassed to take this victory lap because it's so fucking obvious. I wouldn't even take it. It, it. It'd be shameful to take a victory lap on this one. The man himself knew that his push was a fucking dud and asked to be turned to freshen it up. So I so just to be clear, I don't have a problem with turning him. It's fine, because nothing they do with him matters anymore. Because they've, you know, they decided. He wasn't a top guy. They decided to not even try to take advantage of how hot his return was, and that was it, and that's that. He's just a fucking guy on the roster. Go ahead. Yeah, just
1: a, a member of the telling stories crew now at this point, which kind of sucks for him. And and that's where like you know I'm enjoying. I'm, I I like the idea of a Hilton. turn. I like the idea that he's a champion. I think it's nice to have something different there. And I like that they're they've gotten behind him and in, in, in at least the extent of, of giving him the title and and doing this new direction or whatnot. The thing is, it's it's always going to come down to you know sometimes heels in this company they, they they do a good job of that. and sometimes they're just chicken shits. And the problem is 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 we know from past precedent, like you mentioned, that that Brian is is probably going to be the chicken shit type. He they're still not going to make him a a, a dominant wrestler. They're still not going to make him a guy that can out wrestle his competition. They're going to make him a guy who who cheats to win. Now a guy who uses roll ups or kicks in the nuts to, to win matches. And that's you know I'm never going to be attracted to that style at all. There, there's a way to do Daniel Bryan one. I know people keep bringing up. Oh yeah, he was great heel in Ring of Honor. Like yeah, it was a great heel in Ring of Honor because he fucking rocked. Like he would beat people's asses and he would use chicken shit tactics at, from time to time. Of course he that was a big part of it as well. But more than that, he would out wrestle guys and, and that was sort of the, the drive is that he would out wrestle guys and maybe you know when things got a little dicey, that's when he would do it, but we know that you know, or, or when things got a little dicey, that's when he'd sort of use nefarious means or cheat or or, or or find ways around it. But we just know that they, you know, the subtlety hammer with them is, is always gonna be pretty tricky. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I'm again, like you said at the top, and, and you reiterated as well, I'm fine with it because it's like Jesus, it's something different. Because this face thing was going nowhere, nobody in the universe, everybody in the universe, you could lie to yourself as all you wanted, but it was going nowhere. Uh, Brian himself as you said knew it we knew it everybody that watched it hopefully knew it and could admit to themselves it was going nowhere so I like that we have a different story to tell now one way or another I like that AJ Styles
0: he was was maybe headed to a Wrestlemania match with Shane McMahon I I, I mean you know it's like it's it's they they, they blew all the momentum that he had and, and he knew it
1: uh, thoughts on styles This 371 days. He had a champion. Uh, This rain. I don't know, man. It's kind of, I'm going through and looking at all these matches and I'm like, yeah, there was some good stuff. But if you had told me that AJ styles would have 370 days as a world champion and you'd have what? Three matches that were, like re- good to to really good and like that's it. Like I thought we'd have a laundry list of great matches. I thought we'd have a, a memorable moment. I mean, he spent a, over a year as champion, and it's like, all right, you know, like it goes out with, with with you know this this heel turn and whatnot. But I don't know, was this a very memorable reign for you at all for for as long as it lasted?
0: No, you have the Brock Lesnar match and really nothing else of note. I mean, you have the Brock Lesnar Most match.
1: Matches, you know,
0: you have the Brock <laughs> match, which was a great match, and then you have a bunch of matches that were good, I guess. I mean he didn't he didn't have bad matches. Oh,
1: the fucking Brock matches was like a week into his title reign. <laughs> you know I mean like
0: it's like, yeah. Jesus, like I, you know it, it, like the Nakamura matches were okay matches with ter- with a terrible story. Um you know and 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 the the Brian the recent Brian matches were okay. None of them knock my socks off.
1: That's another... matches, People are trying to make those matches better than they are. And they're oh, just, come on they're, now. They're... you can admit they're good. Like that's and like, just saying that was a good match. But, I, oh my God, these two guys, it's like reel it in, man. These matches if, are not if you that think good. Listen, if you think those are great matches,
0: you're not watching much wrestling.
1: No, I can show you. I saw this weekend on independent shows, you know, five matches that were as good or better than any Styles and, and Brian match of recent vintage. Like, I get it. I admit that you really, really want it to be good, but like, it's fine. You can just admit it. Like, you, you let, their, let the great matches speak for themselves. These have not been great matches, these two have had. They've been fine. They've, they've been really, they've, they've been pretty good. But yeah, let's, let's reel it in a little bit.
0: They've been good high end TV matches. Right. They, which is fine. They're good three nice. and three quarter star oh, yeah. matches. That's what they are. Good three and three quarter star match. They, they, they didn't knock anyone's side. They won't sniff any match of the year list or anything like that. And it's Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles, but all rights they should. But here's the thing AJ Styles has not had a great, really, the last two years, AJ Styles hasn't been great. I mean, he wasn't great in 2017, and he hasn't been great in 2018. He hasn't been good since like, AJ Styles hasn't been great since like 2016. I, I know people, but when you really look at it, that's the truth. Um, and, and Daniel Bryan, that's the other facet of the heel turn. We know it's what it's gonna be as you know but I don't that's another reason I don't mind it because even from just a guy who likes watching wrestling matches, Daniel Bryan was not lighting my world on fire since he came back. He's been having good functional wrestling matches. I mean, some of the best on the main roster because the main roster is shit and hardly ever gives you great matches but nothing that I'm ever going to fucking seek out again in the watch. And it's Daniel Bryan. The bar is higher than that. But again, here's a guy who had four years off and a little older. And I, I don't know, you know, it, it's like, so, so even from that perspective, I don't mind the heel turn because yeah, his match quality will drop. Uh, it'll be more heel tactics and storytelling and stuff like that, that, you know, it, 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 but what are we really missing out on? He wasn't out there having four and a half star classics every week.
1: Yeah, right. I I, I found myself because there was a lot of people that were very upset by the heel turn. There were a lot of people, but I, we, we talk about all the time. It's really just hard to get invested in the characters and the stories and, and, and their motivations and all that sort of stuff now because it's it's just you're 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 silly for doing that. So it's just like, you know, just let it play. Out. And it's actually kind of refreshing to have that sort of take on it where like, yeah, I, I'd love to get upset and oh my God, yada, 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 but I'm like, yeah, whatever, we'll see. You know, we'll see how it goes. Rich, Maybe I, haven't, I haven't invested in Daniel
0: Bryan since about three weeks after he came back, when I realized what they were doing with him.
1: Exactly right. We've so I don't care. About I'm down it. for anything. I'm, I'm whatever. <laughs>
0: you know, no investment, and I still have no I, my investment levels in Daniel Bryan are the same as they were a week ago. None. I, I don't care about anything they do with him because it's it doesn't interest me. Um. So yeah, and and as far as the, you know, back to your original question, AJ Styles title run because it's AJ Styles especially, you have to chalk it up as disappointing when I can only think of one match that, you know. Now, look, again, he had some decent matches versus Nakamura dragged down by the ball kicking. He had some decent matches against Samoa Joe. Some of those matches were pretty good. But he never could get over the hump past pretty good. And it's AJ Styles, and his bar is higher than that. So I don't think it was a horrendous title run or a bad title run, but it was definitely disappointing. There's, there's from a match quality perspective. And, and a lot of the stories were just like the Nakamura story and everything were just utter shit. So, yeah. And, that, and even the Samoa that, Joe stuff the with the home invasions and
1: that. Yeah, you know, right. yeah very underrated, like shitty aspect of that entire is they had like you think about the, the feuds that he had and like yeah, on paper yeah. you're like yeah, he feuded with Shinsuke Nakamura, yeah, yeah, he feuded with Samoa Joe and he had some good matches with you know Daniel Bryan. You would think this is what, hell of a title reign, but it's like no, it was like home invasions and I'm gonna fuck your wife. Let's have a tie up, you know, to start this match, and then like you know, let's have good matches and then kick each other in the nuts at the end of it, like. Yeah, it's really gonna. Yeah, it, 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 they were they were lacking. The, the title reign was 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 lacking, and I'm I'm glad it's over because I think there are bigger and better things uh, for that title and for maybe even Styles and and, and Brian. You know, away from whatever that to, story was, that picture. To be the fair, title. to be
0: fair, Styles and Brian didn't get a pay per view match. Um, so there are limitations to TV matches.
1: Sure, and, and so they're going to get some coming up. So we'll see. You know, we'll see what. No, but the, no, yeah. But do. the
0: problem now is Brian's going to be doing his heel shtick. Right. So that doesn't automatically mean that they can't be great, but you know that that makes it harder Mm -hmm. because if, if they go out there and have, okay, all right, this match has been 18 great. And then the the finish is just bullshit. That makes you roll your eyes. It kills the match. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm not saying they can't have a great pay-per-view match with Brian as a heel, but it definitely makes things a little more difficult. It would have been nice if one of these SmackDown matches were a pay-per-view match where they had 22 minutes to just go out there and, and, have a, and have a great match, where they nudge each other, you know, in the shoulder and say, hey, let's go out there tonight and just fucking kill it. But they didn't even have an opportunity to attempt that, which is a little disappointing.
1: Definitely. Uh, before we get to uh, previews of uh, the weekend... Uh, Coming up, I know you wanted to talk uh, when we were talking about uh, the Becky Lynch and the Ronda and all that sort of shit. Uh, Lana and her horrible tweets. Do you have a chance to let's we got to get to this because I know you've been itching to talk about this. So at Lana WWE says, I saw blood on Dana's face. So I stopped from hitting her. Also, I was being told to get a doctor and ref because of what had just happened to Becky. We're out there fighting to win, but not out there to legitimately hurt one another. So,
0: (laughs) So here's the deal. This is why it's a terrible tweet. It's like you're breaking kayfabe and trying to retain kayfabe in the same tweet.
1: Right. We're out there fighting to win, but not out there to hurt one another.
0: (laughs) What? Which completely goes, of course you're trying to hurt them. It's like, it's like, so, and I don't really blame Lana. She's an in-house trainee and they obviously have no guidelines on how, on how you're supposed to tweet. It's very clear in this cup because everyone tweets differently. Uh,
1: Yeah. Given, you know, yeah, some people have different names. Like some people have their shoot names in there. Some people have their, 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 just their character name. It's, it's very bizarre the, the, the way they go about it. Yeah. As you said. And,
0: and, and she, and look, she, she came from outside of wrestling. She was trained in house. So she doesn't necessarily understand wrestling the way that, say, maybe, uh, you know, name some, you know, Samoa Joe or whoever understands wrestling. And she doesn't even understand why that's such a horrendous tweet. And, she, she tweeted that out to defend herself from someone who had a little clip of her basically throwing the worst-looking worked punches you've ever seen during the brawl and then just stopping. She just stopped working. So she defended herself by what you just read, but it's like, okay, all I ask – look, I understand where we are in, in time and with social media and it's and, and the cat's out of the bag. I get all of those things. All I ask is pick a lane and stay in it, Okay. If you want to tell me, oh, Becky legitimately got hurt and I saw uh, Dana had blood on her, and uh, that's fine. But don't tack on the. What was it? We're still fighting. uh, Right.
1: The exact was uh, we were out there fighting to win, but not out there to legitimately hurt one another.
0: Yeah. Don't mix in the (laughs) kayfabe. Listen, don't mix in the kayfabe shit then. Just give me what CJ Perry, what's her name? CJ Perry? Uh, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Give me the CJ Perry. I was concerned for my fucking coworkers and I didn't feel like punching her in the face anymore. And I don't have a problem with that if you leave out the other part or just give me the work, just keep working me, laugh at them because they were injured and mock them the way that, 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 uh, Nia Jax is mocking Becky Lynch, even though she legitimately knocked her out. Give me one or the other. Here's the thing, Rich. I don't have a problem with the Chuck Taylor style of Twitter. I know Wade Keller got in a lot of trouble. He thinks wrestlers should always be on. I, listen, I don't have a problem with what Chuck Taylor does on Twitter, where he's never in character and he's always goofing around. And he even flat out said, if I ever tweet like pro wrestling. <laughs> I have
1: not ready. If you're ready. I have not ready. The exact words, Yeah, it's incredible. By the way, if you don't follow at sexy Chucky T on Twitter, you're, you're, you're basically doing Twitter wrong. He says, cut off, cut my little dick off. If I ever pretend wrestling is real on my free Twitter page.
0: Yeah. And look. <laughs> Because, Love Love he never does, because he never does, I have no problem with it. And I think he has a very entertaining Twitter page. And then there's the other side of the coin, which is MJF, who is always in character and kayfabe on Twitter. And I don't have a problem with that either. And And why I don't have a problem with either one of those guys, even though they're complete opposite ends of the spectrum, is they stay in the lane that they've chosen. Okay? And it's like that Lana tweet. And again, I don't blame her. She needs guidance from her bosses. OK, and I don't want to go full Jim Cornette here, but if this were 1978 and Twitter existed and she worked in fucking Mid-South and Bill Watts saw that tweet, what would he do? He'd fire
1: her. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Blow a gas.
0: It's it's oh. It's <laughs> pick a fucking lane and stay in it. Don't don't give me worked comments and CJ Perry comments in the same tweet. It's just because, Rich, here's the thing. Even though the cat's out of the bag and we all know what this is. Every single one of us, me, you, and everyone listening, we like to suspend our disbelief. Or we at least like to try to suspend our disbelief. Rich, when you're at a show and you're into it or you're watching a fucking Big New Japan show or you're watching a big world title match somewhere or something, don't you lose yourself in the moment for 20 minutes and
1: suspend Absolutely. your disbelief? That's the thing to do. I love to do it. I want to do it. I, I, I pine for the ability to do that in, in, in a match or, or while I'm watching a show or whatnot. I cannot wait to get into that moment and that frame of mind. It's the best.
0: You can't tell me that you're fighting for your life on one hand and then, oh, I stopped punching her because someone threw up the X on the other. You can't do that in the same tweet. And how is there no one in the company telling her to take that shit down? Because there's no guidelines and nobody cares. And look, I, I, look, I don't think it's that big a deal in the grand scheme because, number one, I don't give a fuck about this bullshit main roster in this company anyway because it's it sucks. So it's not like um, – but but it is something that when I saw it, I rolled my fucking eyes and I – I, it's just pick one or the other, you know, it, it, it's all, it, it's all I ask, you know, it, it's, it's, um, I, I, I know we don't speak the language, but I don't get the sense that like Tetsuya Naito's doing shit like that. I don't get the sense that Hiroshi Tanahashi's doing shit like that. You don't see like Samoa Joe doing shit like that or, or, or again, MJF, you know, um, he, he doesn't call, he doesn't quote tweet a fan to, to call him a stupid idiot and then say, oh, by the way, I have new shirts for sale on PW, uh, tees if you want. He do not even stand at the fucking merch table. I mean he goes all the fucking way with it. And I'm not even saying you have to be him. You could be Chucky T, but be one or the other. It just really fucking bothers me because this – the, the, the people who work for this company don't know what their job is. Are we actors playing a role? Are we? Are we? Are we? Are we fucking workers trying to work fans into spending their money? They don't. Lana doesn't know what her job
1: is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, you can't really blame. Her like you said, it's hard to blame her necessarily. She probably doesn't know. Okay. Well, I I, I want to let you know give my side of the story, but then I also oh I don't want to get in trouble, so I'll also you know say yeah. You
0: know, I mean, her best other. option in that case is to say nothing. Who cares if some troll picked out a clip of you missing a punch? Leave it alone, then. But it's like she doesn't know Good what her job everybody,
1: is. By the way. Who cares what a troll says? Leave it alone. It's great advice for everybody to follow, but it, especially if you're a major star in a major company. Yes.
0: So it's like you know, it, one week she's on, on total divas and then the next day she's on fucking and and they're confused as to what they're supposed to be doing and what they're supposed to be conveying to the public.
1: Well, there are multiple people on multiple shows that play different characters in the same universe. Maverick yeah, I, <laughs> wears you know yeah. a flak jacket and is a heel, and then the next day comes back and says, "I ah, don't worry what I do on Mondays or whatever." And then you know, Leo Rush and like, yeah, there are numerous people in this company that don't even play the same character in the same universe. So I Rich. don't blame DJ Perry for not quite knowing where her she lane. She doesn't
0: is. get it, and especially someone with no background in wrestling and 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 obviously hasn't been taught these things. So I, I again, I, I this a fifth time I'm going to say it. I don't even necessarily blame her. Yeah. For not knowing what her fucking job is. Because how could you know? And And I will close with this and we can move on. Okay. For decades. For decades. Vince McMahon has been insisting to us. That what he does is not pro wrestling. Okay. I think it's time that we just fucking listen to him.
1: There we go. That's perfect. So, uh, we're gonna get to the previews here in a minute, but I do want to let everybody know that this episode of the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast is sponsored by our friends at Zip Recruiter. And Joe, I consider us smart people. Would you agree with that? No, I feel like you would. You don't think we're smart? Stop. You and I? Ah, uh, come on now. We're brilliant. We're brilliant. There you go. There it is. You know what's not smart though? Joe, job sites that overwhelm you with tons of the wrong resumes. What is smart is ZipRecruiter.com slash V-O-W. ZipRecruiter.com slash V-O-W. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter does not wait for candidates to find you. ZipRecruiter finds them for you. It's powerful matching technology, scans thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right skills, the right education, and the right experience for your job, and it actively invites them to apply so you get quality candidates fast. No more sorting through the wrong resumes. No more waiting for the right candidates to apply. None of that. It is no wonder that ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S., and this rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over 1,000 reviews as well, so you know it's reliable. Right now, this little bonus here, Voices Wrestling listeners can try out ZipRecruiter for free at our exclusive address, ziprecruiter.com slash V-O-W. That's ziprecruiter.com slash V-O-W. Once again, ziprecruiter.com slash V-O-W. Go there right now and list for free. Try it out. ZipRecruiter.com slash VW. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And also one more. Before we get to it, we'll do one more plug here. Uh, as the holiday season's kind of ramping up and as, you know, obviously uh, the Christmas sh- shopping season's coming and Thanksgiving and all this sort of stuff, we do. want to let you know uh, to please if you can. It would really help us a lot. Bookmark voicewrestling.com slash Amazon. If you have to make a purchase on Amazon, at least make sure we get a little bit of it. You, nothing changes for you. It's the same old purchase that you would make otherwise. But, any little purchase you make, as we said, will a little percentage will come back and will help us out as well. So just bookmark voices wrestling.com slash Amazon. Click it anytime you got to make an Amazon purchase. I mean, look, if you need to you know, use the trillion dollar company. And I get it. I use Amazon all the time as well. At least get a percentage back to, to us and, and helps us keep the site running and running smoothly and, and, and you know, do all that other good stuff. So voicewrestling.com slash Amazon this holiday season. We would really appreciate it. It does not take anything out of your time. doesn't make anything different about the Amazon shopping experience, but it does help us out uh, tremendously. So voicewrestling.com slash Amazon for that. And I know the lovely Brittany is very good about that. I know, I think I can tell what you're getting for Christmas, Joe. So I can uh, spoil it if you want, anytime you want. So just let me know.
0: I love how you are guilty about plugging Amazon. Like, Amazon's <laughs> fucking great. I, You know? like well,
1: they're, uh, they're, they've been having, I guess, well. Do you I, think, I, I let me tell you something. For, yeah, the, 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 all the stuff that's been going on. Well, who cares, man?
0: I order something. It's at my door in a fucking day and a half. I mean, you can't beat it. It's
1: they, so they have dr- it's so dumb. Like, why do they have, like, we, we ordered for, for Halloween. We ordered, um. Do you, remember, do you remember the '90s game show, Legends of the Hidden Temple? Right. I know you were in your tw- your, your, your like late 20s by that point, but um, it was like a Nickelodeon game show. I'm I'm joking. I'm dicking an old joke there, but. Uh uh, <laughs> it's like a it, it's a, whatever it's a dumb Nickelodeon game show and it's like you know you just need these shirts or whatever for a Halloween gift they were on Prime Joe they they showed up in like 10 hours like why is this warehouse stocking these shirts there is no need for this like somebody had to to work their ass off to make sure that we got these fucking t-shirts like in eight hours we didn't even I didn't even need them in eight hours I could have done them in a week but like it, it was free it was like free two-day shipping or free one-day shipping I'm like oh shit yeah why not of course if you're gonna give it to me free like it, it, it it's ridiculous the amount of stuff that they have in their warehouses and the amount of stuff you can get as quickly as you can so it's stupid the amount of stuff they can give you but yeah (laughs) i
0: couldn't care less how much money jeff bezos has in his bank account all i know is i order a used copy of tecmo super bowl and i'm playing it like 16 hours later i mean it's just incredible so uh, i couldn't care less um but but yeah one more thing before we move on um uh, the hug was utterly ridiculous i don't know where you stand on the hug the, uh, oh, it, was, the, it was terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. I, I, and again, this is no longer pro wrestling. I don't know what this is. Um, they can call it sports entertainment, but the hug is re- who could ever forget Rich? Um, a scant eleven days after Magnum T.A. tried to pry Tully Blanchard's eye out with a broken piece of wood in the Eye Quit match, where they hugged it out, and uh, <laughs> and I mean, it's just it's just stupid. You know, it's yeah. a blood feud between Becky Lynch and Charlotte. If Becky wants to give her spot in the match to Charlotte because she respects her ability and all that, that's fine. But how about a firm handshake and a a tug and staring her in the eye? Or how about she's upset that Charlotte backs her way into the match again? A fucking hug? I mean, it's just dumb. And you
1: You said the firm handshake and then just say, like, you know, go kick her ass, but then know that I'm here waiting for for you when you're when you're done or whatever and then yeah just to pull away and just kind of a little push like that's what we want we want conflict like that's what we're watching this for is conflict I'm not watching this for people that, that, that love each other you know what I mean because like, you both wear I, a I blue care. shirt
0: I mean that, that, that takes precedent over this blood feud that you just had where you tried to maim and kill each other I mean again can you just help us suspend our disbelief for 10 fucking minutes after the feud ends can we can what, you what help us 10 minutes I mean, I mean, I mean, please <laughs> Could you wait a couple fucking months before I, I, I it just, it just blows your mind, you know? And then, and then one other thing about, about the, the, the Lana tweet, it's like, there's such a dichotomy between Lana and what Becky Lynch and Rhonda and Nia Jax are doing. But look, I mean, Becky Lynch grows up a wrestling nerd, has been in the wrestling business for 15 years or whatever it is, gets it, understands, okay? Uh, Nia Jax from a wrestling family, again, gets it, understands. Okay, let's make money out of it. Let's make an issue out of it. Ronda Rousey, doing worked feuds in MMA for fucking seven, eight years or whatever it was, and being and being mentored by by Paul Heyman and and you know looking up to Rowdy Roddy Piper and clearly grew up growing up a fan. Gets it, knows how to turn issues into money, and it's like people like Lana just don't get it, and they're not teaching them. And, and that's the problem. And then it's also people like Lana, again, which also can't work or, or, or they can't wrestle either. So, you know, and then and then they end up being, you know, dangerous and all these other things that we talked about earlier. So I just wanted to make those points as well.
1: Uh, real quickly about the, the hug and then we'll kind of move on to these previews that we have to get into. Um, I saw some people saying that it was like, you know, they did the character thing where we're. Where- Becky gave her the firm handshake, and then it was Rebecca, you know, hugging, you know, Ashley, and and it was just like, well, do it at backstage, you know what I mean, like, I don't want to be this curmudgeon or whatever, but it's fucking wrestling, you're playing like characters out there, like, it's not that hard to, you know, Go back there and like, oh, she was just caught up in the emotions and maybe it wasn't them making her do the hug, but she just, that was her friend and that's what she just got caught up in that moment. Well, no, because that's bad for wrestling. Don't do that. Like, just don't do that. Like, that's, nobody wants to see that. It's, it's just, it, it's not, I mean, maybe some people do want to see it. Maybe, I don't know. Like you said, I don't know what the hell they're doing anymore. This isn't wrestling anymore. Like, that doesn't exist in a wrestling universe, but maybe it exists in whatever universe this thing is that WWE is doing or whatnot, where you know their characters one second and then the next second later they're hugging because it's Ashley and Rebecca and their friends or what I, I don't know I don't fucking know who who knows anymore. But I did see that a lot of like ah oh, well that was just her getting caught up in the moment or whatnot, which you know okay, but then you know then she goes on to Twitter and then she's a character again. Like what what am I supposed to believe? What what are you? What character are you portraying? You have to tell me what it is if, if it's going to be this this weird I yeah whatever who knows <laughs> it's it's yeah brain power in this company already and. No, let's All preview
0: right. their two big shows then. Well, Looking for
1: sure, forward to it. Uh, Not using brain power. Let's talk about the shows they have coming up. I uh, will start with the show coming up on Saturday. It's uh, Takeover War Games. So it's a uh, retrend of War Games. They brought it back last year after many, many years on the shelf. War Games is back. Um, So far, the matches we have listed, and I imagine these are now final after the NXT show. uh, Matt Riddle and Ono is showing up on uh, Wikipedia as a match, showing up on the show. But I am under the impression that's going to be for the pre-show. Do we know that for sure one way or another? I I I haven't been able to clarify that.
0: All the information I have up to this point is that it's being taped for the TV the following week.
1: That's what I thought so as well. So yeah, I don't know if like they didn't update it or if it got changed or someone heard something, but yeah, as far as I know, that is not a match on the actual Takeover show, which is pretty ridiculous as well because they've been actually doing build for it and it's a match that everybody's really looking forward to. So of course, yeah, they'll find. No,
0: it I mean, presumably, if you're going to push Matt Riddle to the moon, there's no excuse not to have this match on Takeover where more eyes will see it and it's but, in a high Okay,
1: I profile. do want to update it. has now been taken off of the Wikipedia page. So somebody noticed that it shouldn't have been on there or whatnot. Yeah. So yeah, when I copy and pasted it, it was on there, but as of the time of this recording it is off there again because it is going to be on the pre-show we know we know that so it'll you know it's going to be taped for for future tv so uh there we go so no point talking about that match anymore so
0: i understand you have a title match and a best of three falls match and a war games match and johnny gargano with his 40 minutes of fucking drama class i get it and so it's going to be a lot of long matches on the show i understand that i i'm sorry i find a way to shoehorn riddle ono
1: onto that onto the show
0: I want as many eyes as possible on Riddle. If the idea is to push him to the moon, which all indications are, they plan on doing that. So, right,
1: and we know um, Ono would, would relish that opportunity to have Riddle go out there and just have a kick-ass match with him and put him over. We know that that's 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 Ono's mo these days, and he's going to have a kick-ass match, and they're going to he's going to put him over, and that's what it's going to be. But it's going to be seen by many less people on TV uh, and be chopped up into commercials and all that sort of stuff too. So it loses a lot of impact.
0: Hey, uh, would um. Would anyone care if they took four minutes off of all the other matches and then put this match on
1: the show? I know.
0: I mean, is Alistair Black, Johnny Gargano going to be hurt if they cut four minutes off it? Is the is the fucking War Games? Is the portion of the War Games match where they're just fucking throwing sloppy looking punches at each other and and looking for somebody to hug going to be hurt if you shave four minutes off of that? I, I look to me, I find a way to get Riddle and Ono on the show, but yeah. it's whatever. It'll air on NXT the next week. It'll do, uh, you know, I, who knows, four, 30 40% less viewers than the TakeOver does, I, I would I would guess, at minimum, and less people will see it. And it's like, here's the other thing, too. You don't even need Riddle and Ono to be long. I mean, Riddle's just going to beat them, and Ono's right. basically a high-level ent- enhancement guy. He's So it's like, I'm not asking. I don't need them. Look, I'd love them to go get fucking 25 minutes, but... I think you can give them fucking eight minutes and it's fine. You can't find eight. You can't carve eight minutes out for
1: this. Yeah, you, can, you can do 10 less Tommaso Ciampa staring at his hand spots and like make up that time. You know what I mean? Like he'll still have the other 10, but like, yeah, only 10 Tommaso Ciampa staring at his hand spots or Johnny Gargano, like peering wildly into the, you know, the distance or whatever, and you'd be fine. Like you'd make up the time for it, but whatever. All right, we do have to talk about this week. On, before we move on from Riddle and, and, and Chava. I just listened to it again. <laughs> yeah, I can't get over. If you have not seen NXT TV this week, go on your way and check it out. Matt Riddle does a promo, and um, I believe it's Kathy Kelly asks him something about his 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 you know making his debut or whatever, and Matt Riddle says, "I've made my debut," and da 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 yada yada yada, and and Joe, I know you you mentioned it a little bit earlier off off air. I watched it and had to rewind it like 16 times because I wasn't sure exactly what I heard. I thought – because so Matt Riddle is, is, is talking about making his debut. He says, yeah, I made my debut. And I was like, what, yes. the, what, what, what are you trying – so I go back. I made my debut. I'm like, what is he talking about? I go back. I made my debut. Oh, he's talking about debut. Like, why does he think debut is pronounced debut? So now I, I have not seen – NXT I, I haven't been keeping up with it as much so I wasn't sure if they're playing up the Matt Riddle is an idiot character if that's like they realize that he's probably not a great promo that he's a, that he's a horrendous promo in a lot of ways that they were playing up that this dude gets high and he's an idiot type character so then when Cassius Ono gets onto the screen I'm assuming Cassius Ono is going to be like the butt what are you talking about you're dumb as hell like come on man you're so stupid but he doesn't do that he's just like hey you're the new kid on the block I'm going to kick your ass alright bye and then they just cut away. And I'm like, they what happened? Like, what did Matt Riddle? So there's a lot of scenarios. And I I want to I want to get your take on it because we did not talk about it all that much. It, it was this an intentional line. Is Matt Riddle just has he never heard the word debut ever again, ever before? Did he see it on a line and just say, I don't know what that word is, I'm just gonna say it. Did he mix up? Like, what the hell happened? Or we got Matt Riddle saying, I've made my debut <laughs> and moving on, because I need to know, I have to know, Joe. What the hell happened?
0: Um, this was a scripted promo, and Matt Riddle has never seen the word "debut" spelled out. That's what happened here, because I don't—I don't think it was—I don't think he was supposed to say "debut."
1: <laughs> I don't think so. So I I I was convinced so like when you when when I rewatched it those 15 times I went over many different things. I started off with the oh my god Riddle's so dumb he's never heard debut before. He's never seen debut spelled out. Then I thought no it's definitely a character. It has to be a character. And then I went back to no maybe he's dumb. And then I I definitely when it was over the the 15th time I listened I said ah they're playing he's an idiot. The character is he's a dumbass. And then when Ono got on the screen, Ono didn't say anything about it. And I was just like, ah, whatever. And then I ask you and I ask other people. And they're like, no, nah, I think he just fucked up and said debuts. So that's uh, it, it, it is it is something else, though. He but said yeah, but. But.
0: And, and it's like all the time on the TV reviews, I rant and rave when it like the, 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 the only thing about it is WWE is usually good about not letting shit like that get on the air. How did
1: that make, How did that not get? Yeah. How did somebody you, not say? Hey, whoa, whoa, the camera guy, Kathy Kelly, riddle himself. Somebody saying the butt. I don't know if that's what you meant to say, sir. Let's let's. It's a pre tape. It's not live. I mean, you could definitely just do that again. I I am stunned that that made it out of the network.
0: So that makes you think that
1: maybe he was
0: supposed to say the butt, but he but the tone of the rest <laughs> of it, he wasn't supposed to say the butt. No, he, he, he's never seen the word debut spelled out and he studied that script and it was an awful promo. He, oh he,
1: he's very By bad. Career, Here, here's the uh, thing. Awesome. <laughs> it was so bad.
0: And I know That's he's got awesome. like the pot. Yeah, I, I yeah. know he's got the pothead thing going. I, I get it. But RVD had the pothead thing going and there was something endearing about his bad promos. Yes. There's nothing endearing about Matt Riddle's promos. They're just bad. And it's like, Kerry Von Erich had like the dumb jock thing going, where it's like the promos were bad, but he was such like, and it, they were bad in such a dumb jock
1: way. Well, you knew he was a hot, dumb jock that was just an idiot and didn't need to go to class. Like he didn't, he was stupid as hell because he was so attractive and good looking and great wrestler that he didn't need to go to fucking class. Are you kidding? Kevin, he's not going to, Kerry Von Erich's not going to class. He doesn't know shit. Like he's allowed to be an idiot because he was so beautiful or whatnot. That, that, <laughs> but, but yeah, that's how it kind of worked. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the promos just came off endearing anyway, even though it was clear that.
1: Oh my God. Go back and watch some of those world classes on. You're like, oh dear God. Like it really, now that you're sort of used to like good promos and he can't even say five words without just like staring off in the distance, stumbling over his words and just looking like he wanted to be anywhere in the world but cutting a promo. But it worked. It worked for him at that time. No,
0: but he always reeled it. He always unintentionally reeled it back in because he'd be stumbling over his words and he would lose his train of thought. And then he would just wrap it up with something like, but when I get you in that ring, I'm going to get you. And you were <laughs> like, yeah, Kerry, you're going to get him." You know, you'd rally behind. It's like, for whatever reason, he, it was endearing and you got, and you, you would get you and you would get it. Same thing with RVD, like RVD, I think he knew he was a bad promo, and eventually he just like leaned into the fact that
1: right, he would do, oh, like, man, hey, how's yes. it going, man? Like, what's going on, dudes? Like, hey, Kane, what's up, bra? <laughs> like, and it was just like yeah. horrible, but it was like, ah, oh, this is kind of endearing, like, and it worked out. It was like you, you knew that that was kind of the thing, and like you knew they could maybe cut a good, but he wasn't that great of a promo anyway. So it's like, ah, oh, whatever, you know, this is probably yeah, the best I, thing that's, for him. What I, that's what I'm <laughs> saying. I <laughs> think oh, that dude, he, you, Rob.
0: <laughs> I think he knew he wasn't good. And he just leaned into it and said, "You know what? I'm not stoned right now, but I know what it's like to be stoned, and I'm just gonna do an exaggerated version of that, and that's gonna be my promo style." And it and it ended up working. Matt Riddle, unlike those two guys, is just really fucking bad at speaking. And you know, you get the butt. I don't know what else to say. I mean, he said he made his debut. It doesn't <laughs> get any worse than that, you know. And you knew it was a scripted promo because he opened up. By repeating her question, which is a WWE thing.
1: Yeah, she said, how has your experience been so far? And he goes, my experience has been incredible. (laughs) How has
0: my experience so far been? Because they're taught to repeat the question. You watch any WWE stand-up promo, they repeat. The last question that the interviewer asked because, for whatever reason, that's what Vince wants, even though it's ridiculous and it's stupid. Interviews.
1: But I asked for that because, like, I'm chopping them up in video, and I'm not, you're not going to hear my side. I'm not holding a microphone right. in this. Video. I want. That person to say the reason we open up our you know fitness facility is because of this, but I'm not also sitting there staring into space with the microphone. So that's yeah, that's a little bit different.
0: Right, we hear Kathy Kelly ask. Yeah, we don't
1: need it repeated. Yeah, exactly.
0: It, there's no point in repeating it, and and if you've never noticed that, you're not going to be able to unsee it now. I apologize to any listener who has never noticed that, because I've just ruined every single stand up promo for the rest of time until Vince dies for you. In this company, because they repeat the question back. So that, anyway, that's how I know it was a scripted promo. She's like, yeah, How's I, my, "My favorite experience been so far," <laughs> and then he goes into, "Well, I had a successful debut," and it's like, "Holy shit!" He just he phonetically pronounced debut. What is happening here? <laughs> and, and again, like you said, they would never be that subtle. They're not trying to tell you. They didn't tell him, "Hey, Matt, mispronounced debut." Because we want to kind of plant the seed that you're kind of an airhead. And we want your character to be, you know, like a pothead who doesn't have it all together. Because they don't have a subtle. It's the subtlety hammer thing. You're right. Ono would have brought it up. Or the interviewer would have brought it up at that point.
1: And like they Kathy did. definitely does not bring it up. She goes, she doesn't go to butt. Like she just like goes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she's just like sitting there, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay, good. And I'm just like, oh, all right. Like, like I said, it was really hard to kind of figure out what was going on. Uh, and, and i was convinced it had to be it just had to be an angle and it, it absolutely was And one of my one of my favorite interview tropes that we'll make and then, then we'll get into the actual previews is the uh uh aj styles you just won your match how do you feel how do i feel i don't feel good at all you know what i mean like, yeah. like yeah. <laughs> that's, i love the how do you feel like how are you feeling after your win how am i feeling after my win
0: <laughs> every fucking time it's so irritating
1: Well, i can't yeah, like you once, like once you realize that you cannot get that one out of your head, and that that is exactly the one too. The uh, you know, oh, you just, you know, we just saw you out there winning. You know, how does how do you feel, or how is you know how was that moment? How was this moment? This moment was great. Like,
0: do Do you notice too that um his entrance theme is a terrible muzak version of Regulators, right? And it's like he he uh, but but they they put like the bro like because you know they always have to give you that that impactful first note of any entrance theme so that the crowd right. will pop but he the way he says bro it has like 19 syllables in it have you noticed that
1: I have, yeah it's, the it's not great <laughs> most,
0: oh and then the song starts <laughs> and it's like you, you can't help but just feel like they, what they should do now is the song should start with
1: Debut, and then the song. <laughs> like We said with Nia and Becky and Rhonda the best thing to do is just lean into it. Don't run away from it. Debut it needs to be uh the Matt Riddle thing. The, the funny thing, and then and then then I promise we are done. um is he's not a horrible talker in the sense that I don't know if you watch any of those Kenny Johnson uh, mini docs that he had but if you put Riddle and just have him talk about himself or have him just be a human being he's actually a pretty good talker like he talked you know he he when he's being real and he's not reading something he's, he's not bad like I mean his, his final promo or the final mini doc they did and uh, evolve was awesome like he just went on and said hey you know I do this for my family and you know it's it's I'm trying to you know make money and 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 see my and, and it's just like it's genuine and like he, you know he starts kind of kind of to cry a little bit but it's like oh yeah this guy can actually talk if you just make him just be himself and just be a human, but man, if this is this is the beginning of the scripted promo Matt Riddle era, and I do not think it's going to get any better than this. It is. It's going to be rough. It is going to be very very rough. The uh, the Matt Riddle scripted promos, but uh well, talk about that. Matt, the, um, well, that's
0: the oh, sorry, well, what, you're, what you're talking about there. That's the Dean Malenko Brad Armstrong theory, because supposedly Dean Malenko and Brad Armstrong are, were are, you know in casual settings are like these charismatic speakers who mm-hmm. can crack up a room and own a fucking room and it just doesn't translate the pro wrestling or their promos Dean Malenko I mean they that's a that's another guy like they just wouldn't let him talk because he was so bad at it and then Brad Armstrong is a guy who if you remember WWE CW they brought him in and he worked a couple house shows like as like the veteran let me work with the younger talent guy and then as an agent and then they tried him on commentary do you remember that
1: Because a little bit not much though
0: because it didn't fucking last because he was awful because it's like he always had this rep of being like this great charismatic speaker and they're like well shit maybe he can do commentary and you know so maybe it's like that would like you're saying with riddle like you know it's just people just it sometimes just doesn't translate to cutting promos or public speaking or a lot of people struggle with public speaking even though they're you know, uh you know, again, someone who can control a room in a casual setting and they just fucking freeze when if they have to speak in front of, you know, a thousand people. They can't do it. You know, so maybe this is just something with Riddle. He should really, though, just study R V D and study his promos and try to go in that direction with it. Because I don't think he's ever gonna be Super smooth promo guy, and that uh, could be a like all kidding aside. That could be a major barrier in this company.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, Vince will see that and and, and think, ah, oh, this guy sucks, and he'll throw his headset down, and that guy, you yeah, know, and that's it. Like you're, you're done if that happens. So I uh, gotta be careful. And even like, I mean, there's a, there's a standard of even the promos in NXT. Like we don't think of it as a promo company, but there's a certain standard that guys have to sort of meet. And and that was not it. I mean, that was bad. <laughs> that was you know, brutal. Rich,
0: there there used to be a specific job, a role that we had in wrestling. To help in situations like this. Mm -hmm. Go on. I I forget what they used to call uh, that job, that specific job where if a wrestler wasn't good at speaking, uh, someone would do their speaking for them, you know, and it really came in handy a lot of the time, Mm. you know, and it's, it's, they happen to have a hall of fame level uh, one of these guys uh, on their roster right now. It's it's just amazing. You know, it's like, why would you eliminate that position when, Uh. It could do such a world of good, especially in situations like this. I mean, you you put the right manager, you put the right manager on Matt Riddle. I mean, it's fucking. But you know, I, I don't know. That's that's that's. It must remind Vince of the fucking territories or something. Exactly. Even though his yeah. own, his though own he, his company.
1: company was built on it, <laughs> like, yeah. literally built on it. But yeah, of course. Even past the point when he owned it, it was still built on the Jimmy Hart's and the Bobby Heenan's and all that sort of stuff. But you know, it's of the biggest ones he ever would have
0: ever He would have six on the roster at a time. He had Heenan, Jimmy Hart, uh, Johnny Valiant, Oliver Humperdinck, Mr. Fuji. I mean, these, and they were all employed at the same time. You know, it's like, you know, he, he, it wasn't just his father with fucking, you know, Grand Wizard and Lou Albano and, and all those guys. And, and I mean, shit, Jim Cornette tells the story of, 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 of him in the Midnight Express meeting with, you know, Vince McMahon in 1980 fucking six or whatever it was. And Jim Cornette's big concern was, I'm going to be like the third fucking manager in the pack. I'm going to go from being the number one heel manager where I am now to being like behind Bobby Heenan and Jimmy Hart and these guys who are really good at it on top of that and have tenure. And he had trepidations about that because there were so many fucking managers there. And he's Jim Cornette. (laughs) <laughs> He's all time fucking great, you know. So they, they not only employed managers for for decades in that company, but they employed great ones and knew how to utilize them to perfection. And I I just I don't fucking get it. And then when they do have managers now, they can't. You notice they they don't call them. They don't allow them to call themselves managers. No,
1: like what is Leo Rush? Like what is his official title in in, in Bobby Lashley's? circle i forget what his, he, he's exactly i don't know what he calls it, it. but you know advisor. like drake maverick's an advisor or something like an that advisor he
0: yeah. an advocate and you know <laughs> they, they just they, they refuse to say the word manager which i don't fucking again whatever you know back to the top of the show who fucking knows
1: all right let's get to the rest of this uh nxt show here because there's some good stuff on there we got Shayna baszler and Kyrie zane in a two out of three falls Ugh. uh nxt uh women's championship match i think regardless of the two out of three falls this should be pretty solid i've liked every match that these two have had uh so i'm really looking forward to this one as well even with the the, the caveat of the two out of three falls which joe I'm, i'll be I, I if i'm i'm not a betting man but i'm gonna guess this goes to the third fall and if it does it'll be interesting to see who uh who ends up winning do you think Baszler retains here because uh, i feel like sane's kind of done with it the title now and it feels like it's kind of basilar's but i don't know i guess there's a chance that Sane could could win it right back
0: i think it can go either way i guess it depends on what they want to do in terms of um Uh, calling people up and whatnot so and i haven't been clued in on anyone either one of these people potentially being called up so who knows um i don't know i i love this feud though it's my favorite thing going on in nxt right now because i'm not real hot on nxt these days but I really love the Baszler Sane stuff and I'm really looking forward to this match. It's my, it's the match I'm looking forward to most on this show.
1: Yeah, I was actually, that was my hot take right there is that I am as well. I mean, this is the match, uh, uh, even though there's some other better names in, in matches and there's guys that I like a little bit more in, in other matches, this one I'm, I'm most invested in because I love the story. I love the match and I like everything that those two have done. So it'll be really awesome to see. Uh, and, and we know they're going to get a bunch of time as well. We know that from there only being four matches on the show. So every single match here is getting tons of time, which would be great for these two. So I'm really, really excited to see how this match. Uh, plays out. Uh, you have Alistair Black versus Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano was one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. But uh, Joe, I have zero fucking interest in this match. I have negative interest in this match. I don't want to see it at all. And I like, I like Black. I like Gargano. I hate the story. I cannot wait for this to be over. I, ugh, gross. It'll be. I'm sure it'll be a good match too because Gargano is a great wrestler and Black's a great wrestler. The melodramatic shit. Oh, it's gotten even worse, Joe. I did not think it could get worse. It's gotten worse. It's so bad. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't I don't really care about this match or the outcome and I hated the Who Done It. I thought it was hokey. I didn't think it fit the tone of NXT. I don't like the direction of Gargano right now. I think he just needs to get called up and they need to slap the reset button and he needs to be a fiery underdog baby face again, um, you know, but what I'm going to do here is I'm going to attempt to allow myself to just enjoy it because I think it could be a good match. If it oh, no. The
1: match is going to be good. Yeah. The match, I mean, it's going to, there's going to be a lot of bullshit where they're, you know, sitting on the mat with their legs crossed and Aleister Block going, Why'd you do it? Why'd you do it? And Gargano being like, I had to, you know what I mean? Like, shit like that that's going to happen. But like, everything in between that is going to be great. Like, everything in between that is going to be good wrestling. There's just going to be a lot of, you know, guys shouting at each other. And yeah, and, and I, and stuff I can't like that. deal
0: so, with the cutting promos on each other during the match. I can't deal and with And you're
1: going to get it. You know, you're getting that too. You know, there's going to be like 10 minutes where Gargano being like, I had to do this because of you like you know what i mean like just it's like oh my god yeah you know, And Gargano could be a heel we've seen it i mean we, we, we were yeah. doing the show oh, no. he was a oh, great yeah. heel he yeah. was one of the best heels in wrestling and we were talking about it and nobody was watching of vo- all or, 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 or tg usa at the time we we're screaming to the high heavens you know back in 2014 of oh my god this guy's the best heel in wrestling go out and watch it but not be not by being a melodramatic you know i had to do it because i've turned to the dark side and yada yada yada, yada. it was he was just cocky asshole you know, guy, evil. You know, heel, and and this, this, I, I don't know. It's, it's like you said. Hopefully, it's only a short term, and then he kind of shakes it off and goes right back to what he was. Because I think that's the long term play of him as a, as a big time baby face. But yeah, this, uh, this whole melodramatic stuff is, I could do without it for sure.
0: Yeah, I don't need Nikki Cross jumping around the ring, going. Dude. I know who did it.
1: I know. I know. Doing? I
0: know. I fucking
1: cannot stand. <laughs> oh, Nikki Cross. NXT's oh, been terrible God. lately, man. That's the, NXT's been really bad lately. <laughs> like, let's be honest. You know what I mean? I like NXT and this takeover. We say never bet against a takeover when it's all done. This takeover is probably gonna rock, and there's gonna be a lot of good matches. But NXT TV has been shit lately. It's, and, it, and,
0: and and it's like an hour that feels like three hours. It's just such a slog to get through it too. It's like. I turn it on. I turn on 205 Live and the runtime is 43 minutes and I enjoy every fucking minute of that 43 minutes. And then I turn on NXT and the runtime is 59 minutes and it feels like it takes a week to get through it. It's just – yeah. So I'm not really in love with the rest of the stuff we're about to talk about.
1: All right. Well, that's, that'll make for a great preview here. Uh Tomasa Champa defending the NXT championship against Velveteen Dream. I cannot really get a feel for this match whatsoever. I have I don't know if you're different. I don't know if people listening are different. I am not interested in this at all. And I, I Dream's a guy who I, you know, I, I, I like and I think he's a, he's a great prospect for the future. Ciampa is a guy who I've I've seen many, many times and enjoy. I don't like the current NXT character, but man, I should be way more excited about this match because these are two guys that I enjoy more times than not. I have no feel for this match whatsoever. What, what What is your take on this?
0: Well, Ciampa's in the same boat as Gargano, where I'm just not into him right now, even though I like him a lot as a wrestler. Um, Dream, look, I, I'm i indifferent on Dream, which means I think I've been very fair about him every step of the way. When he stinks, I tell you he stinks. When he's been good, I tell you he's been good. I think that, um, you know, he's 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 someone who is in developmental who belongs there. And because, you know, there is um, a ton of potential there, but he, he, he does need time and developmental to, to, uh, you know, smooth out the rough edges. And I, I can't get a read on this either. I mean, look, here's the thing about it. It's a takeover, which means if you bet against it, you're a fool. Um, You know, it's hard. You can't come into these shows. You have to give the benefit of the doubt. Um, You know, the matches are, 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 put together well and and they and the talent treats these shows like little mini WrestleManias. So yeah, I mean if you're putting a gun to my head, I think this is going to be a great match, but could I see Dream having one of his off nights? Could I see these guys not having good chemistry? Now I did read something that they've had house show matches and they were excellent. So that bodes well. Um but you know Dream is someone who gets a little over ambitious at times and and can be a little sloppy and just have a bad night. We've seen that, and we've seen him do that with great workers. We've seen him do it with Cassius Ohno. And If you could have a bad night with that guy, you could have a bad night with anybody. So who knows? Um, big spot, though, for him. And, um, you know, I, I hope these guys knock it out of the park, and I hope it's a great match, And uh, but we'll see.
1: Yeah, and then uh, the final match, the War Games... Uh, Undisputed Era, it's Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and Roderick Strong, of course, versus Pete Dunn, Ricochet, and the War Raiders, Hanson and Rowe. So uh, again, kind of similar thing that I'm going into this match not really enjoying the story all that much. I mentioned that I'm not a big fan of the, the characters of Undisputed Era on NXT, but of course you look at the names in this match, I think it's going to be pretty goddamn awesome. It's got Adam Cole in it who, who delivers in these spots, especially in kind of a plunder match. I mean, that's his forte for sure. You got guys like Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly who are great wrestlers. Roderick Strong, obviously a great wrestler. Pete Dunn, you know is going to do some crazy stuff and the war raiders are uh you know great workers as well so all things considered like i'm not into the story of this match much, you know all that much but i think the match itself is going to be very good and has a chance uh to be one of the best war games of all time uh, given the names that are in there so we'll see how it goes i mean the, the sometimes the, the stipulation kind of drag it down but i thought last year's war games match w- w- was pretty solid with sanity and, and disputed era i think this one has a chance to be a lot better than that given the workers that are in it so where are you at with this one
0: I don't love war games matches. We've talked about it before. I think some of the historically some of the war games matches to me are some of the most overrated matches of all time. I just I think they're uh, egregiously long. And I think what they always have are super memorable spots. You can recall memorable spots from any high profile war games match throughout history. Uh, they always managed to have some memorable spots in them and some uh, cool looking stuff. And I think that kind of, um, you know, helps smooth over, you know, the first 12 minutes of a typical war game match was boring as fuck. Um, you know, and, and, and it's like this match is going to be wild. It's going to be insane. It's going to have memorable spots. It's going to have crazy spots, especially when you look at who's in it. And at the end of the day, it's, it's going to be one of those things where, yeah, I'm probably going to enjoy what I just watched. And I suspect like most war games matches, um, I probably won't like it as much as other people do. And my God, do I sound like a curmudgeon, but I, I that, that's just, you know, like, like the Starcade '92, like people think that's like the greatest match of all time. Like I think it's an average match. Like I, I, I never could really get into that one, and um, I know Mikey Falcone's gonna kill me. It's, it, but I, I, I don't know. I just they, 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 it. There'll be memorable things that will happen in this, and I'm not as down on a lot of the characters in it as you are. I like the fact that Pete Dunn just doesn't get along with anybody and he's kind of this lone wolf. And I have a feeling that that's going to work into the finish because he's not getting along with Ricochet and there's no obvious person to take a fall here. Um, you know, uh, maybe fish on the undisputed era side is someone and uh, you know, on the, on the babyface side, I guess it would, I think, you know, maybe Dunn and Ricochet would have some uh, miscommunication or, 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 you know, end up coming to blows and that would cause the fit. They're not going to beat the war Raiders right now. Um, I don't even think individually. Um, well, I guess they beat Hansen in the match to determine who wins the coin flip, right?
1: Right, right, yeah, yeah. But, that, but yeah, then I, I then I think and, I don't think they're going to go back to back with, with Hanson taking falls like that though. So that seems
0: yeah. And That's it was also just stuff. a lot of distraction and bullshit mm-hmm, in that, too. Right?
1: Mm-hmm. They were all in the and ring so... at that point, yeah, so it doesn't quite count as clean. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they do that. But yeah, I don't really have a quite feel for who's going to win this match all that much. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it, all things considered. But I, I'm, I'm similar to you as well. War Games matches don't do a ton for me. But there are some that that deliver. And I think this one has the opportunity to be in that rare, rare class that delivers. But, yeah, like you, like you said, by and large, most of them, we did that project last year where we went back and, as a site, reviewed all the old War Games. And, and you can find that on the website, too, if you just look up War Games Week. Um, at, at Voices of Wrestling, you can see we did it, and and kind of everybody came away with that same conclusion of just like, yeah, these, you know, they're they're not that great. <laughs> it's like there's some that are good, and there's a lot that that aren't very good. But uh, yeah, there's there's the few, the handful that are good. But I, th- I think this one has the chance uh, of getting it at upper echelon. But we'll see when it's all done. But did, uh, I, say, that's,
0: that's, did I say did I say Starcade ninety two because that was a battle Bowl show, wasn't it?
1: The, so you're talking about the, the like the Pillman Sid.
0: Yeah, the that Dangerous one? Alliance versus. Um,
1: yeah, that was,
0: oh, what the was that? that could, it was, was not Starcade.
1: War. I don't remember. I don't. I don't remember you saying Starcade, but uh, maybe you did. Oh, maybe. All um, right. Well, maybe I'm burying
0: myself for no reason. It was Wrestle War '92.
1: Wrestle War, wasn't it? Wrestle Yeah, Wrestle War. War. Maybe yeah, I said Wrestle
0: War. Did I say Wrestle War? or Starcade. I guess we'll find. I don't find remember
1: out. now. I don't know. Maybe you said yeah. Whatever. We'll have many tweets where everybody paused right after you said Starcade '92 if you did to tell you you were wrong, and, and then it's oh, Russell War, and then you know. I'm <laughs>
0: yeah. talking about Dangerous Alliance versus Sting. And
1: right, Russell War '1992. We have clarified that, so that's you funny. can delete your tweet now. So there you go. <laughs> that's it. So that's uh, that's Takeover War Games, as you said. Don't bet against the Takeover. It's probably gonna rock, even though we're uh, maybe down on it. But that that has been, I think, for the last three years, Joe. We've gone into every Takeover being like, I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't like this match, and and then it all. Rock, so that's fine i hey, can't uh, bet let's against get... takeover they're, all, they're, no, they're always great. great shows yeah all right let's get to uh survivor series here i think we can do this pretty quickly uh we got uh cruiserweight championship match you got buddy murphy versus mustafa ali we don't know i don't think this is a pre-show though i don't think it's been designated as pre-show but i imagine it finds its way there uh even though this is yet again another six hour pay-per-view or whatever it's another one of the long pay-per-views they're gonna have so i uh, will see hopefully it doesn't because they've been doing some great stuff uh, both guys, uh, hopefully mix the main roster, but gosh, darn it. On these five hour shows, you just don't have room for these matches. So darn, maybe, maybe next time guys, but, uh, <laughs> any thoughts just, on Murphy and Ali?
0: Yeah. I mean, I'd be way more excited for it if it was on two Oh five live. Cause you just never know what you're going to get when they move these to main roster shows.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, are they capable of fucking knocking it out of the park and having the match of the night? Fuck. Yeah, they are. But, um, you know, we'll see if it gets mucked up. With sort of the, uh, the the true main roster influences, and we'll see what happens time wise and all those sorts of things. So,
1: all right, so you have this match, which is just an ungodly <laughs> mess on the pre show. It's a five on five Survivor Series tag team elimination match, which was endearing back in the day when everybody was standing outside the ring, but uh, seems like it'll be going to be a clusterfuck here. So, all right, we'll take a deep breath here. All right, team raw is Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, the revival, which is, of course, Dash Wilder and Scott Dawson, the B team, the Lucha House Party. Uh, and The Ascension, and they're against Team SmackDown, which is The Usos, The New Day, Sanity... And the Colognes. Oh, and also Luke Ellis and Anderson are on SmackDown as well. And then there's like weird combinations because, of course, like three of these teams have three members or whatnot. So Lucha House Party can be Lince Dorado, Kalisto, or Gran Metal League. Sanity can be Wolf, Young, or Dane. And then, of course, the New Day can be Biggie Co- Kofi uh, and or Xavier Woods. So it's just a complete disaster of a match with a lot, a lot of people and a lot of names and a lot of people I don't really care about. So, yeah, I don't know. Do we have to talk about this match? I don't think we do. So. You, sir,
0: I are a disgrace. <laughs> You're a disgrace. Okay. I love the five on five, five teams versus five other teams, the traditional Survivor Series match when there's like 20 guys outside the ring and when you throw someone. Yeah, but
1: it's everyone's a wolf. I don't give a shit.
0: No, no, I do. I love this. I I am looking forward to this. I love when they get whipped into the ropes and everyone has to dive out of the way because there's too many people on the apron. I'm into this. I think it's funny that they like kind of sorta of called up Lucha House Party but really didn't and it was just so they could even out the sides in this match. <laughs> no, that's why they called them up,
1: right? Oh, of I course. Mean, oh, of course.
0: You yeah. know. So, and and I love I love the fact that the fucking Ascension and the Colones <laughs> and and fucking Eric Young are getting on a pay-per-view card here. I mean,
1: I you know, you got fucking Carl Anderson. Carl is one of the, big, potentially one of the best, you know, five years ago was having incredible matches in New Japan. Now he's fucking giving hot tags to Primo Cologne. <laughs> five out five. How about match this? On the Bob- pre-show? Yeah. How
0: about this Bobby Roode Chad Gable team that was oh, uh, slapped God. together uh, recently? So, <laughs> um, look, yeah, the match is meaningless and all that, but I'm looking forward to this. I, 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 it, there's just like, I like, an underutilized bottom of the prelim level talent uh, gets thrown on pay-per-views like this. And um, I love the absurdity of having a 20-person match. I mean, more than that, like you said, three of these teams have like three members. So there's going to be all kinds of people outside the ring. Rich, this is going to be a fucking cluster. I don't know why you're not looking forward to this.
1: <sighs> I hate – I I am nothing if not a noted Survivor Series match hater. So You, are. Um, you- this is the annual tradition of me, you know, you being a lot more excited for these Survivor Series matches than I am, Joe. There's like a hundred people in this match. How many fucking schoolboys? How many pinfalls are going to happen when they're at a commercial break talking about Survivor Series? Like, so there's got to be there's got to be ten of these eliminations are going to happen when they're like talking about Survivor Series, you know, or, or, or cut a commercial or whatnot. I, you're, you're starting to sell me on it a little bit because it is madness and it is chaos, but uh, I, I'm I'm going to need a little bit more than that. We'll, you know the we'll other
0: great on. thing about matches like this, you're going to have twenty people. Dying to get attention on themselves for the 30 seconds that they're in the ring. And I love watching wrestlers try too hard. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, remember when they, when like ECW and WCW combined on that fateful night on raw Mm -hmm. and you'd have like Tommy dreamer and Chuck Palumbo and whoever all trying to like get into the camera frame and mug it up for the camera. (laughs) You know, you, you know what I'm talking about? Like
1: Yeah. That always yeah. happened anytime during the Alliance when like Stone Cold was out there cutting a promo and like Sean Stasiak's like getting as close as possible to try to, you know, get yes. in frame and hey I'm here. Yeah, Sean Stasiak guys.
0: There's nothing more entertaining to me in a scenario like this than wrestlers desperately seeking attention. <laughs> When they very briefly have the cameras on them.
1: Yeah, it's very funny to see Bobby Roode and what he's going to do in his 30 seconds. You know what I mean? Like, he's got 30 seconds to wow everybody. Go out there, Bobby. Some won't care.
0: Some won't care. Others will be desperate to impress. You know what I mean? So it's like, I I, I like watching those kind of mechanisms take hold, too, in in scenarios like this. So this looks like a total fucking clusterfuck, and I am here for it.
1: All right, so we have a uh, tag team match with uh, two of the uh, tag team champions of the different brands: AOP, uh, the Raw tag team champions, versus the Bar, the SmackDown tag team champions. What do you think about this guy?
0: I could you listen. Another team with three men. You could get the Big Show involved in here somehow, right? Isn't that the deal with the Bar? I, I mean, I don't know if they're doing Freebirds rules, but I
1: don't know if they're doing Freebirds rule. I think he's kind of the de facto manager, but you, you might be right. Maybe they'll, they'll do a uh, you know change in the last second and and want the big man against the big man or whatnot. So there's a possibility they'll do Excuse that. Me, but sir, I,
0: He's the advocate.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: Sorry. He's not the the manager. Uh, Yeah, so now we get into the portion of the show where all the champions are facing each other. So Mm -hmm. I think the bar are so much better on paper than in reality. I I just – they've had good matches. Oh, sure. Um, Yeah. But but again, like I I, I used to expect them to have great matches. And I don't think they ever really – maybe there might be one or two I'm forgetting. But they always seem better on paper than – like, in theory than in reality. The
1: part. Yeah, like, this match sounds good or whatnot, and then you watch it, and, like, that. that's experience I pretty much have every time I'm done watching them, where I'm like, oh, yeah, and, like, even during the match, I'm like, yeah, that was pretty good, and then when it was over, I'm like, yeah, that was alright, and then I just kind of forget about it, and then never think about it ever again. Like, that's, they haven't had, like, those knockout, dragout matches that you would sort of assume that they should uh, and and they're they're obviously capable of doing and and they've had a few times here and there but yeah it doesn't doesn't quite deliver to what you think it is uh, most times but uh, we'll see how this ends up going uh, you get a five on five Survivor ba- Series elimination match with the women oh sorry do you have anything more on AOP and the bar I was just
0: gonna say the bar is Volador in New Japan
1: <laughs> right right yeah <laughs> right we're like oh Volador versus uh, you know <laughs> Robbie Eagles that should be great it's just not at all yeah it's just not good at all uh, all right Team Raw. Versus Team SmackDown this is a five-on-five five Survivor Series Elimination match. Team Raw is made up of Mickey James, Nia Jax, Tamina, Natalia, and Ruby Riot. What a unit right there! Uh, versus Team SmackDown: Carmella, Naomi, Sonya Deville, Asuka, and to be announced. Joe, this match sounds horrible. There's a lot yes. of bad workers. Oh my god! I didn't really Whoa. realize until I was reading it off. My god, Mickey James and Asuka have their work cut out for them. Oh boy, Ruby Riot as well. Well, here's oh the thing. This is bad.
0: Asuka stinks too. All she does is throw hip toss, like the fucking right rooster, fucking hip throws at people. I mean, this is so bad on paper. I mean, it's horrendous. You've got Nia Jax, Tamina, <laughs> Natalia, oh, yeah. oh,
1: Carmella,
0: Carmella, Sonia Deville. Asuka, who doesn't care anymore, that's six horrible people. You, you didn't even mention, there's going to be three people meandering around the ring with Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan, and Sarah Logan just wandering around ringside. So there's going to be a thousand <laughs> people outside. And I, I
1: think Mandy got, Rose is the TVA, but I, I assume that that's the TVA, but I don't know. Maybe well, that's, that's
0: not right. exactly fucking working up my fucking yeah, I was going to say,
1: that's not going to help
0: <laughs> Who gives a shit about Mandy Rose? I mean, this looks horrendous on paper. It's yeah. so bad. You know, which you the hold-
1: juxtaposition of this coming like a month after you know uh, Evolution, which is a great pay per view, and it's like, how is this the best you could come up with? Like there has to be better people, right? And somehow there's just not. So this
0: is the match that has the rapid fire eliminations. You get rid of Carmella. You get rid of Tamina. You, this is where you want your roll ups. You want the Rich Crates roll ups. And the best you can hope for is it comes down to, like, Ruby Riot and Asuka or something, and then they have a good five-minute fucking closing stretch. I mean, it's the best you can fucking hope for. Uh, but the TBA, I mean, if it's a big star or something, I don't know what they got. I don't know. But it this fucking looks like absolute fucking Yeah, bullshit.
1: this. I didn't realize until I was reading the names. So I was like, oh. <laughs> that's that's gonna be that's gonna be a thing there. But uh, now we got the men's five on five Survivor Series elimination match. You got Team Raw, which is Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre, Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, and Bobby Lashley uh, versus Team SmackDown: The Miz, Shane McMahon, Rey Mysterio, Samoa Joe, and J- Jeff Hardy. Okay, I don't usually like Survivor Series matches, but I'm all here. For the team SmackDown, Miss <laughs> Shane McMahon, <laughs> Rey Mysterio Jr., Samoa Joe, and Jeff Hardy. I am here for that. So, what do you mean? These are all
0: fast friends. I don't understand. <laughs> you know,
1: right. you know. that is one thing. I'll, I'll admit, I am a Survivor Series match hater because the matches themselves kind of suck. But I do enjoy the you know the, the the random collections of of human beings on the side of the ring that have to work together. Um, and try to survive, you know. Of course, the teams of five are striving to survive, Joe. But uh, the Miz, Shane McMahon, Rey Mysterio, Samoa Joe. I can't past the Rey Mysterio Shane McMahon combination. I don't know that that just tickles me for some reason. And then like Samoa Joe and and like the like I don't know I, I, that team is pretty incredible. But uh, what do you we, think of this match?
0: We don't get the late eighties promos with Mean Gene anymore, where the four or five guys pretend to be like hacksaw jim duggan and and brett hart both holding two of a sudden as hacksaw jim duggan's pal i mean why it doesn't make sense and, yeah no and I, I love the, the slapping th- the
1: shoulders too that's my favorite part of like rubbing their shoulders yeah, the sla- like oh, yes. all right yeah all right we're, yeah. we're gonna do it Bret hart's like yeah 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 everyone's in the background just like slapping him and like you know g- you know rubbing his you know <laughs> traps and stuff i love those promos just <laughs> coked out fucking promos they're great
0: rubbing the traps you're so they right. are like, they're
1: always doing that yeah they walk because the one guy has to come from the back to cut his promo so like bret hart takes a step back jim duggan takes a step up and then like bret hart places his like his hand on his traps and starts to kind of rubbing them while the you know well jim's cutting his the, promo it's great that's rugged ron
0: garvin's that's rugged ron garvin's job to fucking rub right. traps while everybody else talks you know right. there's a lot of trap rubbing and fist pumping And fucking just sounds coming out of people. And you're right. The like three out of the five are always coked up. Like you could always spot the guy like Hawk is always coked up, you know, and you don't get that anymore. Like this Miz, Shane McMahon, Ray Mysterio, Samoa, Joe, Jeff Hardy team, five total misfits. We should be, they should be rubbing traps and and we're not going to get the trap rubbing. And that's, what's disappointing here. But I will say this, this raw SmackDown match, Usually is like 50 minutes long, and it's usually pretty good. We always talk about it in the review, and we're like, wow, that was pretty good, even though it was an hour long. You know, like, so I, I kind of have faith. Why am I even doing this? I have no faith. you're <laughs> gonna over deliver, or it's gonna fucking be terrible. <laughs> I'm trying to spin anything because we've been so negative on the show. We have been, so yeah. We got to balance. get to this big
1: fan show that we really enjoyed, so we got to get to that.
0: Quickly, and, again, this so. is another match with two advocates. Every match on this show has 19 people at ringside fucking, you know, with Baron Corbin and Leo Rush in this case.
1: Yeah, see, you so. wanted managers? You got them, Joe. They're all on the side of the ring. They're just not managers. They're advocates and associates. So, um Yeah. yeah. All right, now the uh, three matches that I'm, I'm looking forward to all on, on, on some different levels. Here, you got uh, Ronda Rousey, of course, versus Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair taking over for uh, Becky Lynch. Uh, definitely less interested in this match because I think Becky is, is is much better than than Charlotte, and and I think the Becky uh, uh, Ronda Rousey match sounds awesome to me. But Rousey and Charlotte's okay. Like I. I, I see the one thing that a lot of people brought up is this the right time to do this match because this feels like another one that you can have in, 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 in on, on the back burner. You can have your holster. It feels like on five days build going to this match seems a little. I, I don't know. It seems a little short sighted to me. What, what do you think about it?
0: Well, Rich, you're doing Brock Lesnar and, and Brian Danielson on a five. <laughs> so, like,
1: <that's> fucking... <laughs> right. I mean, you're right. Why am I thinking? Just go this, on. You're right. You're right. This
0: isn't again. This it, this isn't a pro wrestling company, and we need to. I know. I'm sorry. When they yeah. tell us. So, I mean, and look, and to be fair, they were really put in a tough spot here. So, from that perspective, I kind of can give them a break on the Charlotte-Ronda-Rousey match uh, being burned off here. But, again, does it fucking matter?
1: No, it doesn't. It it, it speaks to them not having a lot of options as well where you have to go right back to Charlotte. You know what I mean? Because, like, you can't – because I heard a lot of people being like, why not Asuka? And it's like, have you seen – have you watched, like, the last eight months of TV? Like, you can't have Asuka in the main events. Like, she's a comedy. And that's the problem is you don't have – you have, like, five people that are serious – so that if anybody has to get replaced or you need to push somebody up, there's no one to go. There, who else on the women's roster could have a comparable main event level style match with Ronda Rousey? There's nobody. There's nobody.
0: I mean, people think Naomi. Uh, people think put Asuka, Naomi up there.
1: Like, what are you going to uh, do? Uh, yeah.
0: People think Asuka is something she's not. I mean, no. hey, just Let she it go. She flosses Asuka and is, hits people
1: with her ass. Yeah, that's all she does yes, now. Like, that's that's, what, that's
0: let it go. Asuka's done. The Asuka you knew in NXT is done and. Honestly, we told you that when she was struggling to beat perpetual jobber, uh, you know, uh, Tennille Dashwood, whatever her name was in this company. Um, so it got off on a bad foot, and it, it got better for a little while. They did the undefeated thing, but they, you know, Oscar's dead. You know, yeah. it's over. Oscar Cesaro, just forget it. It's it's done, it, and it's never going to happen. Um, no, you're right. So I, I, that's why I give him a break because they. They were in a tough spot here. That's fine. The one that's egregious is Brock Lesnar and Daniel Bryan. I mean, that's a match that everyone has wanted for the last fucking four years and and beyond. And because they rushed into the Daniel Bryan thing and decided three days before it was going to happen that he was going to turn and win the title, we're getting it on you know with no build whatsoever. And, And look, I get that builds don't matter in terms of drawing money anymore. I get that. I get it doesn't matter from that perspective because of the network and all that. But it does still matter in terms of drumming up our interest in a match.
1: Entertainment, yeah, the entertainment level and in, in interest is, is definitely lessened versus if we had these guys, you know, doing a feud or building this thing up for thirty days or even two months or whatnot. But, and you're yeah.
0: Doing what Becky and Ronda are doing, you know, right. that's what we, you know. It's like, and we're not going to get that because it all got thrown together on fucking three days' notice. So you know, it's yeah, it was a bizarre company. What's the what, uh. What?
1: thoughts, one more match, and then uh, real quickly though, your thoughts on, I've seen this kind of making the rounds as well, what do you think about uh, Paul Heyman possibly turning on Brock Lesnar and siding with Daniel Bryan? Do you like it, hate it? What what are your thoughts if that uh, potential thing uh, again, no reporting, it's just people kind of, uh, a theory that's a possibility there. Do do you have any, uh, lead any credence to that, or, and, and would you enjoy it if it did happen?
0: Um, I'm sorry, Rich, I got distracted because Gabe Sapolsky's on Twitter marveling at the idea that old, out-of-print ROH DVDs can go up to like a hundred dollars a pop in used bookstores and on eBay, and um, it's just Twitter is so bizarre. Modern, the modern fucking world is just fucking bizarre. Where this conversation is really happening before my
1: eyes. I was I saw um, that a little bit earlier. You want somebody to buy it from him, and you know I might slide those DMs. There's a few I could I could definitely use.
0: So that's... so so anyway, what was, what was your question?
1: Because I got caught um, up with that. Paul Heyman is the uh, advocate yeah. for uh, uh, Brock Lesnar. Uh, any thoughts on him? Potentially, I've seen this rumor kind of floating around, or not this rumor, or kind of this fantasy booking, of Paul Heyman turning on Brock Lesnar and siding with Daniel Bryan. Would you like that? Uh, do you think there's a possibility that could happen? Where, where do you kind of stand on that rumor that's been making the rounds?
0: I don't know. I've been hearing about Paul Heyman turning on Brock Lesnar and
1: siding <laughs> <on. laughs> like three years now, yeah. I he was going to turn on him and, and side with Roman Reigns at like five WrestleManias ago. Yeah, it's, it's yeah.
0: Maybe that would be interesting. I, I don't know. Um, oh,
1: we should we should really just be done with this Survivor Series. Let's let's we gotta we gotta quickly move on. Don't even Seth Rollins, Shinsuke Nakamura, Intercontinental Champion, United States Champion, Joe.
0: Oh yeah, well it's Nakamura, so it's gonna stink. So it, you know. <laughs> now now should by all rights, I mean maybe he'll have a fucking random renaissance where he decides.
1: No, to no, him. he's not. Why would he do that? He's trying to be balanced. balanced. I know,
0: I'm I know. I'm sorry. I, you're right. I shouldn't try to be balanced because where, where, what evidence is there that Nakamura is going to go out there and knock it out of the park? We have none. Um, the Gabester who was on the show last week is in full fucking shoot mode here. Oh,
1: he's, he's shooting. He's shooting on Dave. He's shooting on Roh. He's he's off the rails. It's he's I. He's throwing
0: it. shade at Meltzer. He's like, uh, you know, this would imply that Meltzer watched some Evolve or any WWN for that matter. I don't know the context of that tweet, but um, wow. Firing shots. You know, what I think he was supposed interviews. to be on. What I think he was supposed to. Today. He
1: was. He was on Wrestling Observer Live. He was with He was with, uh, Brian, though. He was not. With,
0: no, but that's uh, what I'm saying. I think he was supposed to be on with Dave, and then <laughs> oh, he ended up on Wrestling bumped. Observer Live.
1: <laughs> yeah. He got bumped to a 15-minute Wrestling Observer Live on the Sports Byline Radio Network. That's uh, correct. I didn't. <laughs> Uh, boy, but uh, yeah, well received interview last week. We had a lot of people, a lot of good feedback on that, and I enjoyed it as well. So hopefully, we're, we'll hopefully do some more of those uh, in the future. But we heard a lot of good feedback from uh, from Gabe, from people that listened. Uh, a lot of people enjoyed the interview, so good yeah. stuff. So thank you everybody for uh, for your follow up and, and feedback uh, for that. All right, so that was our uh, great two hours on WWE. Why do we do this to ourselves? We don't know because we have so many other good things to talk about. Uh, but we have to do it because we do it anyway, and we're masochists. All right, let's move on to, uh, speaking of masochism, I guess, in, in a lot of ways, Big Japan Sumo Hall Show, Joe, from this last weekend. Uh, you saw the entire card. I saw the, uh, the back half of it, so the kind of the big matches. Uh, overall, before we kind of go match by match here, what did you think of the show from top to bottom? Because I've heard some really uh, positive reviews and positive remarks about everything on the show. So what, what, what was your, kind of your take of it?
0: Uh, very good show. I can't call it a great show because there was no great match. But it was a very good show, top to bottom, with top of the card, and even a couple of the prelims, actually. Some very good matches. I mean, right there at the four-star range, floating around that area. there was a couple matches in that neighborhood. Um, a lot of stuff here that's just not for me. But, um, yeah, but overall, I enjoyed the fuck out of watching this entire show, with the exception of one or two matches, which I had no use for. But, um, yeah, very good show.
1: All right. Uh, how do you want to start this? Because, like I said, I, I saw kind of the back half of the match, the final four or five matches. Uh, do you want to quickly take us over the undercard, or do you? Yeah, think I could that, do that. Yeah, maybe, maybe do that, and then we'll kind of get into uh, more discussion when we get to the last uh, last half of the show.
0: Yeah. So the undercard. I mean, it opened up with three tag matches, and, and there were a lot of name value. Uh, There's some name value with these with these tags. I mean, you had uh, Takuya Nomura, you had Daishi Hashimoto, you had Kamatani, you had Fuminori Abe, and all three of the matches. Uh, delivered for their slot on the card, these were all entertaining tag matches to open the show. Um, the, the the best of which was Nomura and Abe beating uh, Koju Takeda, not to be confused with Takeda on the business end of the show. And Shinobu, where Nomura he just pops off the screen, you know, and 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 he's a guy who who they really need to continue to push uh, and 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 groom for the top spot in the strong division. I know he had the match with Hideki Suzuki earlier this year where Suzuki kind of schooled him. but that's exactly how that match should have played out at this stage of Nomura's development and all those sorts of things. So, but Nomura eventually, um, you know, has to be the guy. And there's just a, I, I, I'd love to give credit, but I can't remember who it was, but somebody compared Nomura on this show to like early Kenta in terms of the way he moves and works and the ferocity behind his strikes. And that's a very good comparison. Um, so he really popped in that match. And then, um, you know, I thought, uh, Kakuta and Uto beating Hashimoto and Kamatani was a very solid tag too. So I enjoyed all three of those. Then we kind of got to a sleazy part of the show. Uh, the eight man tag with the Brahmin brothers. They are my least favorite wrestlers on the planet. And I'm not no hyperbole. They really are my least favorite wrestlers. I cannot stand them. Uh, you know, Kojika is a thousand years old and, you know, uh, you know, Koshinaka and all that. So the name tag with a lot of totally unfunny comedy. The Brahmins are never funny with their bowling balls and all the other bullshit. that they It's just not for me. It's garbage. It's, um, you know, it's very similar to when we talked about the DDT show. A lot of that stuff is never going to land with me. I don't find it entertaining. I cannot stand the Brahmins. They're always an instant skip for me. I did skip them here, but then I ended up going back and watching the match anyway. Since it was the only match on the show that I didn't watch, I figured why not be a completist and just watch the fucking thing. And I regret it. It was seven minutes of my life I'll never get back of uh, absolute garbage. And then there was the barbed wire board death match, which look, this was the first of three death matches on the show. It was an undercard death match on a Big Japan show. If you've seen one, you've seen them all. It was fine. Um, You know, there wasn't a ton of particularly charismatic wrestlers involved and you know, yeah. You know, I, I, what do you want me to say about a barbed wire board death match undercard match on a big, I mean, <laughs> right, you know right. exactly what it is. So, um, if you're into death matches, I'm sure, uh, you know, you'll enjoy that, but it was, you know, it definitely didn't knock my socks off. And then we get into the business end of the card, which is where Rich, I think can jump in. Rich, did you watch the Kawakami, uh, Okobayashi match? This was the Okobayashi return match from the injury. And, and to me, it was, it was, uh, Arguably the best match on the show. Did you see this or did you jump
1: in? I a did. No, I did, I did see this one. Yeah. Once I saw Kobayashi, I I forgot that he was coming back on the show, and I know we t- talked about it a little bit, and I, we did a preview of Voices of Wrestling, but it wasn't until I sort of started scroll through and I went, "Oh my god, that's Kobayashi!" and I was like, "Oh shit!" and then I went back and, and made sure to watch it. You know, I really enjoyed it, and he's awesome. He, you know, and and I think it was uh, our, our friend Alan Forrell that mentioned that. Uh, some years back, you know, he got hurt and, and had this a bunch of time. And then when he came back, he had, like, arguably his best year ever. Uh, and maybe this is the precursor to that as well, that now he's back again and, and, and on pace to have a, a great year. Because he has been missed. Like, I, I you, you don't really realize what you have until it's gone with Okobashi. Now that he's back and you see how great he is, no, this was awesome stuff. And I like that he lost, too. I mean, that that – we talk about that where I love the idea of a guy that returns. You know, they do it in such a good manner where, you know, they, they should – you know, it's their first match back or whatever. They're trying to, you know, scratch off the cobwebs or, or, or shake off the cobwebs, I should say. So I enjoyed that part of it, but he looks great, and, and I thought it was a pretty solid match, all things considered.
0: Yeah, in Japan, you're going to lose 99% of the time in your first match back from an injury. I mean, that's just the way they do things, and I, I, love, I love that they do it that way. I love that story of you got to, like, you know, you got to get your mojo back. You got to mm-hmm. shake the rust off. You got to get back into fighting shape, you know? But uh, this was very dramatic down the stretch, and um, to me, you know, I, I, I liked that match and two others um, fairly equally, and I, it'd be really split in hairs to pick a favorite match. To me, that's arguably the best match on the show. We had the uh, second death match on the show, which was for the tag team titles, a tables match, uh, Ryota Hama. And uh, Nakanue successfully defending the titles against uh, Takayuki Ueki and Toshiyuki Sakuda. If you notice, Rich makes me talk through these shows because he of doesn't course. want anything to do with pronouncing right. these names. Um, look, this was fine. I thought obviously it had the big table spot at the end where they dove off of the um, the balcony or whatnot and, uh, and put the dude through the table. Um, you know, this was better than the barbed wire uh, death match earlier in the show, I thought. And, um, you know, with death matches, I kind of put them in three categories. Um, you know, like one category is it's shitty wrestlers who are the bottom of the barrel, who can't really do anything else. So they resort to death match and, you know, I don't care what context you put shitty wrestlers. If you're shitty, you're shitty. And whether you're maiming each other or trying to have a straight match, it's probably not going to be good. And I hate those kind of death matches. They do nothing for me. I don't like watching unskilled guys in you know t-shirts sleeveless t-shirts and cut off jean shorts hitting each other with light tubes it does nothing for me um then there's uh the second kind of death match to me which is i watch it with bewildered amusement where it's fine and it puts a smile on my face and i go those guys are crazy and that was kind of fun and that's what this match was to me a bewildered amusement death match you know and then you have death matches that are just fucking awesome like most of the Takeda matches have been during his title run. And we'll get to this one here, which are just legitimately great matches. So those are the three kinds of death matches for me. And this tag team match falls into the second category. What'd you think of this?
1: Yeah, I thought it was, um, I I thought it kind of stunk, but it was in a way where they kept it, Nice and quick, like you said, it was kind of that one category where the, the what'd you say? The uh, the amusement, bewildered Beildered amusement. Amusements. I think that's probably where I'd put it. It was it was shitty guys having a shitty death match, but then it became kind of fun and and I kind of enjoyed it when it was all said and done. And like, you know what I mean? It was only about 10 minutes or so, so it wasn't like it dragged on too long and it wasn't like they dragged every single spot and, and made them so ridiculous. So, yeah, no, actually, I actually all in all it, it enjoyed the match and yeah, bewildered amusement is probably the best way to describe it. So, so I enjoyed it. I didn't love it, but yeah, it, it was fine.
0: So he had the junior title match, and this fucking rocked. Oh,
1: it's was my match of the night right here. Oh,
0: well, okay, great. So, yeah, it was Kazuki Hashimoto defending against Yuya Aoki. He wins the match. This fucking ruled. I mean, I knew, you know, I,
1: I knew when you were going to stand up and pacing your down, there was one spot where I was like, oh, I know Joe loves this match. <laughs> and like, I hadn't talked to him about it yet. Uh, Hashimoto basically put Aoki away. Uh, he goes for a pinfall. Aoki kicks out at one. Yes. With kick out one. I know you'll have a kick out at one, so Hashimoto's like, you motherfucker, so he tries to go for another pin, Aoki kicks out at two this time, so then Hashimoto's just like you fucking asshole, and then just stretches the ever-living shit out of Aoki until he yeah. t- tapped out, I loved it because he was just like, you fucker I put mm-hmm. you away, you know you're done, you're fucking, you're you're toast, and he just stretches him beyond, like, he's got his leg, like, ah, oh, I've never even seen a, a a submission this brutal, I just, oh my god, it was so great, and I knew that you loved it, because it wasn't like, the kick out of one that a lot of people kind of eye roll, and oh my god, this is perfect, because it was like, he had nothing, Aoki was done, and then he kicks out of two, and Hashimoto's like, the fucking, how dare you kick out of two after I just, I knew you, I put you away, and then just stretches him, and he taps out of me, I knew that you loved that, at that yeah, point. Yeah, if- the Prior to that was incredible too, but
0: Oh yeah, it it was a well placed one count kick out. It, it was just a, a fucking stubborn kid showing fight once he was beaten, which were the best one count kick outs, really. And then yeah, I thought he was gonna rip a limb off of him. I mean, that was just fucking brutal. I mean, it was one of those I, I can't even describe the fucking hole that he had him in. But um yeah, either that or the Okobayashi match for me uh were match of the night. There was another match that I have um, on this show in the same category, but let's keep going here. We had the...
1: Real uh- quick, I was going to say, uh, Hashimoto is a guy that I've seen before and never really been all that impressed with or never really liked. I was there something about this because did you come away with that way too because i was so impressed by his work in this match and he's a guy that i've seen before and i've always you know sometimes i've enjoyed it and sometimes i've just kind of said ah whatever but man i came away being like this dude is a fucking star this guy's great like was was i off uh, out to left field here have i been missing the boat on him what, what's what's kind of what can you describe about that or, or try I'm, to, you know?
0: I'm indifferent on him i i, I mean it's just a A fucking wrestler to me i mean you know so i don't know i just think they had they went out there and had a great match i mean i think you know sometimes that fucking happens Mm -hmm. Um, i don't have a real strong opinion on kazuki hashimoto one way or the other to be honest with you so i uh, can't really give you anything on that um i guess there were four death matches here because we had the um i miscounted because we had the uh the madness massacre returns battle of killing weapons death match rich uh, with Abdullah Kobayashi, Ryuji Ito uh, defeating jockey uh, uh, Jaki, uh Zawa, and of course the crazy monkey Jun Kasai. So now we're getting into the business end of the card where you've got some charismatic dudes and some stars and some people you're real familiar with. And um, the best way I could describe this match is it sure was a Madness Massacre Returns Battle of Killing Weapons deathmatch. It delivered. It was a uh, deathmatch it was. Now, I didn't love this, but... <laughs>
1: I thought it was what the shitty wrestlers one that you mentioned. I know that like Juke aside is pretty solid and, and you whatnot, got some
0: charisma in there, at least is what I'm there saying.
1: Was charisma, but, but it was, it was pretty shitty. I
0: yeah. I mean, good. I'm being diplomatic. I, what I was going to say was, and I'll let you bury it, what I was going to say before I handed it off to you, but you just were chomping at the bit the buried as fucker <laughs> was, um, I think that if you're a big deathmatch guy, you probably really like this, especially Mm. if you're a fan of the people involved. But this was losing my interest. It's the kind of match where it's like I keep looking at my phone and I have to keep reminding myself to pay attention. And it's just it wasn't I don't know. But uh, go ahead. I think you hated it a lot more (laughs) than I did.
1: Sometimes get a little too unless it's like a big main event. It's just like, all right, guys, let's let's go, let's yeah. go and 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 uh, past uh, you know draft pick of mine, Ryuichi Ito. It's just so bad. He's yeah. so fucking terrible. Yeah. he is so shitty. He can't do anything. He's like a fucking brick. Like, what are you doing? Like, just oh my god. But Chukasai was fun and that was interesting and they had a pretty cool hype video before. Uh, as well so no I mean I enjoyed the as you said it was char- it was charismatic for sure Kobayashi is, is definitely charismatic uh Numizawa is and and and, and Kasai is it's really just Rujito that fucking stinks but uh yeah I mean I don't know it was it, I think the biggest thing like you said there where it was just like you know 10 minutes in I'm kind of like all right I'm, I think I'm good like you, you guys can go home now and then those last five minutes were just like all right guys let's go and especially knowing what was coming up on the show and I was really anticipating the final two matches so I was like let's get the show on the fucking road guys let's go so I think it probably just lasted a little a little too long but all in all it was indeed as you said a madness massacre returns battle of killing weapons death match it definitely was that but uh yeah maybe just a little bit too long so Daisuke Sakamoto defeats Hideki Suzuki for
0: the strong title Rich did you watch the time limit draw they had earlier this year
1: uh you know I don't think I did okay. uh, I was I, people were talking about it and I don't recall that I did so no I don't think I, I ever
0: you didn't it. you didn't because just by the way you're talking because that match fucking sucked I mean when I say that match sucked this isn't. Joe Lanza just doesn't like Hideki Suzuki. No, everyone agreed that that match fucking saw every universal. This blew the fucking time limit draw out of the fucking water. Like this was a legitimately good match. Um, you know, right in that four-star range, 3 and 3 quarters, four somewhere in there. Um, maybe a you know, it wasn't as good as the junior title match and it wasn't as good as the Okabayashi match, but it wasn't that far off. And um, we got the title switch. I did not watch it, spoiled, so I didn't necessarily know that Sakamoto was going to win the title and um, you know I thought it was a enjoyable fucking you know beefy match what did you think of this
1: yeah I uh, I really liked it I was uh, so yeah I guess I did not see that first one because I really would have buried it but no I thought this was really solid I think the result was fine and I think you you got and we talk about all the time the, the thing that really annoys us about Hideki Suzuki sometime uh, is the Perception of effort in matches, and it's like you can tell he, when, when he thinks that a match is beneath him. And some people say, "Oh, it should be beneath him because that guy that's he's wrestling isn't as good of a wrestler." But yeah, I don't. I, you know, no, I'm out there for you. You're out there to entertain me. You're out there to have a, a good match and make me believe and make me do all that sort of stuff. This match felt like he knew it was kind of a big deal. Sakamoto worked it like they were at a fast pace. So I thought Suzuki had had a great match because he was working at a very high pace. He was working with some some purpose, and he was really kind of doing some really fun stuff throughout the match too. And Sakamoto, Sakamoto. So I I was shocked. I Enjoyed this as much as I did. I kind of went into it going, "Okay, here we go. Let's see. This could go one of two ways." And it went the most positive way. I thought this was really, really good. Definitely my probably my third th- match of of the ones I saw. Of course, you know, I didn't see the undercard all that much, but uh, of the of the top five or six matches or whatever, definitely the third best behind uh, uh, Hashimoto and and, and and the Okabayashi match. But uh, really good though. Really, really solid match, all things considered. And I thought the uh, the right result too with Sakamoto winning and defeating Suzuki to win the uh, the, the the world uh, the Strong World uh, title as well.
0: Yeah, you know, the strong title, it's, it's kind of been, you know, they, they tried some experimental things the last couple of years, and, and Suzuki is what he is. I think this could be an interesting new slash old direction. It's not like Daisuke Sakamoto is a spry youngster by any means, but uh, it's, it's, you know, they haven't really built this title around guys like Sakamoto and Okobayashi in a while. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see a fresh new direction for this belt. I think clearly Nomura is, uh, is the future. And, uh, well, I'm curious to see now, now big Japan, look, uh, they're booking particularly on the strong side, um, of, of the ledger because the death matches have been carrying the company it is notoriously awful. So you just hope they don't screw up the kid and, and, you know, um, and then we'll see what happens from there. So the main event of course was the death match. Like we said, the death match has been carried in. Now we should say it showed you 3,800 fans of Sumo Hall. Uh, a significant jump from last year's show, I think did 3,100 or something like that. I think the year before it was 3,200. And the first year they ran this show, I think it was like 3,600. So it's their best number yet in Sumo Hall. And look, that's Takeda. Sashi Takeda is a hot act. He's been a hot act. He had the long title reign with the great matches. And uh, that man drew uh, you know the biggest Sumo Hall crowd that Big Japan has ever done. So I think I could safely. Uh, do you agree with that? I don't think the Suzuki. Well, I mean, look, oh,
1: there's no question. Yeah, I mean, maybe a little Sekumoto bit. challenge I mean, challenging
0: for the strong title. Look, we can't completely disregard that.
1: No, no, no. You shouldn't. But Takeda is—is is, I mean, he's legit. Right. I mean, if you want to make a wrestler your candidate for, t- or you know advocacy for Takeda and argument for Takeda, I would listen to it because, I mean, you, you've seen Big Japan, you've seen the matches that he's done and the shows that he's done have done better ratings. You've seen him travel, you know, uh, you know, to the U.S. to do some stuff. You've seen him have just great matches, as we said, from time and time again. Like, no, I think he's maybe not the sole reason of it, but I think he's the most significant reason for for it doing the best numbers it has because we've seen that reflected in some other numbers as well throughout the year. So I think it's unquestioned that he, he's a big part of that.
0: Yeah, and he drops the title here. I didn't love this. It's fine. Um, to me, I, it was the and I've watched a ton of his matches. To me, it was the least interesting match, title match he's had in Big Japan, aside from the the Abdullah Kobayashi match, which I didn't like at all. Um, so it's on the lower end of his, and I haven't seen them all, but it's on the lower end of of his Big Japan title matches that I've seen. Um, it wasn't bad. I can't sit here and tell you it was a bad match, and it was you know it was above average, but I didn't like this as much as the Suzuki title loss. I didn't like this as much as the junior match or the Okabayashi return match. This to me was either the fourth or maybe fifth. Maybe the No More Attack. I really liked it that much. Fourth or fifth best match on the show to me. And then after that, after those five, you really have, you're starting to get into some average stuff and some below average stuff. But uh, what do you think of this?
1: Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I maybe not to the extent that I've enjoyed a lot of other uh, Takeda matches this year. Cause he's had some like legit, like match of the year contender matches, like things that we've talked about and come on the yeah. show and said, Oh my God, you go out of your way to watch this. This is not one of those. This is probably the tamest matches that he ever had. That he's had, you know, uh, of, of this recent run or of recent vintage. Probably the, the the least intense of all those matches. There was a lot of spots that were a little just mistimed or didn't quite work, or maybe a full on botched or whatever. It just didn't have that same sort of intensity, speed, and 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 and, and brutality that some of his other matches has had. But I still enjoyed it because I think he's that good of a deathmatch wrestler, and I think he's that good that that he can make a match that has a little bit of warts on it that that isn't perfect. He can still make that pretty and pretty fun so i thought all things considered i'm probably at a low end four for it like maybe a four stars or whatnot but i mean i came in with super high hopes because this year he's just had like tremendous he's had legit five-star matches you know what i mean like matches that are, are, are as i said match of the year contender levels uh matches in, and i assumed you know given the main event given the high stakes that this might have been another one of those it wasn't it wasn't quite at that level but but i enjoyed it all in all i i, I wouldn't put it above the, uh, the the junior title match at all it would definitely be probably firmly my second uh, or third favorite match on the entire show uh, of what I saw, at least. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It just didn't quite reach that level that he's reached all you know this year or whatnot. So uh, yeah, there there are better Takeda matches this year to to, to use uh, if you want to make a case for him as a, the, for anything at the end of this year. But uh, yeah, so uh, no yeah. The,
0: the the Asami Kodaka match that'll be a top five match for me by the end of the year. I mean, that's oh, great. Yeah that's um, uh june 20th if people want to go find that one that that's one of the best matches to take place on the planet this year i mean it's just a tremendous match and the Junkasai match i liked a lot um I, like, I thought it was i thought this was better than the 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 kobayashi match but um th- this had a lot of things in it that i that are just that i don't like about death match um, th- this one with the the takahashi title win here and yeah there was a little bit of sloppiness they kind of blew the um the power bomb through the 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 table on the outside of the ring spot. They had to redo that. Man, um, look, it's not a big deal, but it takes you out of it for a second. You know what I mean? It's it's little things like that. So, uh, not the best example of Takeda this year. If you hear people going on and on about uh, Masashi Takeda, and you want to see what all the hype is about, this is not the match that I would send you to.
1: So, no, certainly not. But I think uh, one thing before we move on to other topics, there. What do you think of? Obviously, the title getting moved off of him, and what's next? I mean, that's 449 days he was champion. I mean, it's August of 2017 he won this title. and He now just finally loses it. Uh, you know, what what's sort of next for him? You know, what because he's not a big Japan rostered guy, if I'm correct, right? He's a freelancer, technically, right?
0: I think so. I mean, he's worked other promotions this year. He worked the All Japan Junior Tag Tournament.
1: He did freedoms, uh, I know he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah as you said, and yeah. he's done so.
0: I don't know what technically his home promotion is. I I, I assume that cage match would have that listed, but he works. He does work in a ton of different places. Um, It could be one of those things where he's had it so long. I mean, who's who's left to defend it against. Right. Um, They might just be out of stories to tell with him as champion. I'm not going to pretend I follow big Japan on a day in day out basis. I mean, I follow it close enough to where I know what's going on and who the champions are and what the general tone is. But, um, is my finger on the pulse of their booking? Like it is for, you know, six or seven other promotions, probably not. So I might be the wrong person to ask, but it's probably just one of those situations where he's had it for so long and he's defended against everybody. And this is your big show. And if you want to put it on, um, And if you want to put the title on Takahashi, this is the place to do it in front of your biggest crowd on your highest profile event. So, um, you know, they did both title changes
1: here. Yeah, for sure. So uh, yeah, he's had 11 defenses of the, title uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's quite a few and i if i remember correctly i don't have it up but i think our our, our previewers john carroll and uh, uh and taylor both thought that, that there was a very good chance that he was going to lose the title here so I, I think it all for people that had their finger on the pulse a little bit it, it it felt obvious and it felt like a good time for him to lose it so that's fine i just don't want him to go away because i i think he's awesome so he, he's my connection to Deathmatch wrestling and we are nothing if not a Deathmatch show now so uh, oh, he's, you know, obviously he's been with big Japan. I don't know if I think since God the early two thousands or whatever, not the early two thousands, like the late two thousands, I should say. Uh, so I doubt like he's, he's done in big, in, in big Japan or whatnot, but I just hope that he's, he's still kind of in the mix. Cause I think he's, he's great. I mean, he's really, really good. So I just want to see him uh, as much as humanly possible. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how well, that's uh... the,
0: the June Kasai match. In fact, was a freedoms match. Now that I think about it.
1: Okay. Oh yeah, 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 that is right.
0: Hmm. So, you know, th- those are, to me, my two favorite Takeda matches of this run. The Kodaka match, of course, and then the Jun Kasai match, which I'm looking through my notes, and yeah, that that was a Freedoms match for sure. So um, so there, that speaks to your point. He's kind of wrestling everywhere. I went four and three quarters on the Jun Kasai match. I mean, I thought that was fucking great too. But uh, the Kodaka match, that's one that – the Osami Kodaka match is a match where if you want a full picture of the year of 2018 in wrestling, I think I would call that a must watch match.
1: You have to oh, watch no, it's certainly a must watch. Yeah, it is. It is it is a representation of one niche of pro wrestling at its finest at its yes. absolute best and, and you cannot tell the story of 2018 and, and, and be a comprehensive wrestling fan without watching that match or, or watching, watching match. Up yeah no it, it's absolutely a, a, a must watch of this year you have to and and I, I'm i a guy again it turned us into a deathmatch show like I went into that match going oh my god another deathmatch everybody hypes up that I'm not gonna love and I came away going oh my god I need to see more I love it it's incredible so yeah, uh, yeah I went to a fucking uh, game changer show not that long afterwards because I I was so hyped up from it, so yeah, it's a uh, turned me into a deathmatch guy for sure. So, um, all right, yeah, so that is the Big Japan show. So definitely, uh, I think highly recommend it on your on your end. I mean, I'm gonna actually go back and watch some of those uh, early uh, undercard matches because I'm looking at them now in only about eight minutes. I mean, that's not bad. You know, I get three of those undercard matches and done in you know less than an hour, less than a half an hour. Jesus, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on that. So I'll yeah,
0: just just, up, but. Get it, just get out of there before the Brahmins. I know you're not gonna like that. No oh, God, know? I would. Never. <laughs> yeah, why would I do? That? And and the barb the first death match isn't it's it's a nothing match too. But yeah, the three tags, particularly the second two. But there's no reason not to watch the first one either. Like you said, they're all seven minutes long.
1: Yeah, so that'd be cool. And then yeah, the last half of the card, really good stuff there. I mean, you got the junior match, which Joe and I both put over pretty well. Uh, there's some intrigue, I guess, in that the uh, Madness Massacre returns, battle killing of us death match. I didn't love it. Joe enjoyed the care, uh, the charisma of the guys. But then, uh, yeah, the final two matches, even though you didn't love the main event. I think there was enough there that is definitely watchable in only about 20 minutes. Uh, and then the strong match, uh, the, the, the strong title match, you should definitely check out as well because I think it was really yeah. good. So yeah, all in all, thumbs up for uh, uh, Big Japan Super show. So go them. Well, Rich, um,
0: we've got one topic left. We do. Which, which means I have a question for you.
1: Uh-oh. I'm ready. Ready to answer.
0: Ready, ready for that question? Yep.
1: Let's bring it.
0: Rich Craig the captain. Are you ready to go bouncing around the indies? Good. And we start with Evolve. We had Gabe on last week. He was setting up uh, his show in Detroit, his show in Chicago. Big reset button has been pushed. The NXT influences upon us. And uh, I got to tell you, Rich, I did see the top three matches on the Evolve 115. Was that the first show? That was the Detroit show? Uh,
1: 115 was the first show, yes, in, in, in Detroit, and then 116 was the Chicago show.
0: Right, so I haven't had a chance to see the Chicago show yet, and I haven't had a chance to see the entire Detroit show yet, but I saw the final three matches. I saw the Street Profits successfully defend the Evolve tag team titles. This is also bizarre. Against uh, Anthony Henry and J.D. Drake, I saw Fabian Ochner, as expected, defeat Cassius o and I saw the unsanctioned match, Rich. It was unsanctioned. AR Fox defeats Austin Theory. When a match is unsanctioned, does cage match counted as a legitimate match. Is it on the books?
1: <laughs> I don't know. No, I, it's not. They have to delete it. Yeah, I don't even know why it was there. I, I the found book. it on cage match, yeah, but it didn't be on there because it's unsanctioned, un, unapproved. They had to have uh, what hold harmless agreements. That uh, yeah, that they. Gabe and Sal cannot be <laughs> represented for, yeah, whatever. So, uh, how, were, how were those three? Because I, I have not seen anything on the Evolve Weekend unfortunately, which I'll get to in a, in a bit, of so why I did not see the show in Chicago. But, uh, yeah, but, uh, what did you think of those final three? Red Hot Crowd in Detroit. I'll say Good. that. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, Looked like a healthy crowd as well. Street Profits, Rich. I gotta tell you, this was like no other Street Profits match I've ever seen in my life. Did they, they, they worked indie style. And they fucking killed it. I mean, not I am glad. This Street Profits versus Anthony Henry and J.D. Drake match was worked at a breakneck pace. Totally non... It was not like an NXT TV style match or what I presume they're doing on the Largo loop. There was no grabbing holds. My God, it was just... This was an indie style... WWN evolve style tag match, all the way with a hard pace and good action, and even Angelo Dawkins, who we buried underneath the earth. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he, he was clearly, uh, to me, the least impressive person in the match, but he did not stick out like a sore thumb, you know. And uh, Montez Ford, his charisma carries over, on the, you know, on an indie show, and and Henry and Drake. Of course, are solid guys, the workhorsemen, and I was very surprised at the style of match that the Street Profits worked. And then that bled into Fabian Achner defeating Cash Sono. They went out there and just beat each other up for I you know, I, I assume it was like it felt like it was about twelve or thirteen minutes. It might have been a little longer, but that's what it felt like. And you know, Eichner, you can tell that the, the crowd is kinda still warming up to him. They don't really know him very well, the fans. And the idea here was for Ono to to help get the guy over and they had a a tight little match and and they had one flub at the end because Eichner kind of does like a spinning power bomb sit out power bomb as a finish you know what I mean like he'll pick the dude up and rotate him and then hit a sit out power bomb. and he had trouble getting Ono up initially so he kind of had to you know he dropped him the first not dropped him but couldn't get him up the first time and then he had to work a little harder to get him up the second time and then he hit the finish and put him away so that little flub you know was unfortunate but other than that they had a hard-hitting match and I thought Eichner looked great and I think given some time the the thing with Eichner is I know like he's an excellent wrestler he does he's he does impressive things for his size I worry about him connecting with crowds that's where I worry about Fabian Achner. crowd connection and Mm -hmm. charisma issues that's where I'm worried about him right now. I know he can work and he had an excellent match with Ono and all those sorts of things and he looks great, but there are some but look, that's why these guys are working these shows. Okay, this is why you know, because we we heard it straight from Gabe's mouth last week. He wants to give people a chance who could use this sort of extra work, work in front of different crowds, build their resumes up and do something a little different. So, But but again, I, I kind of do agree with the other thing that Gabe said was maybe they rushed it on Eichner too quickly. He, it seems like it would have been better to have him work up from the bottom of the card. Win a squash or two because he's an impressive-looking dude with some awesome-looking offense. Then beat some mid-card guys. Maybe they should have built up Eichner a little bit for that Shane Strickle match instead of beating him right out of the gate because I do see some issues with crowd connection with Eichner. I will say that. And then the main event was AR Fox and Austin Theory, so they main evented with, you know, I guess homegrown Evolve guys, if you want to call them that. The unsanctioned match, Austin Theory getting out of his comfort zone a little bit, wild brawl all over the building. It was okay. Um, you know, it, it was a good match. I think I preferred the other two matches to that one, though, and, um, and away we go with Evolve. I did not see the next night. Rich, I cannot report on the zero-one one USA World Junior Heavyweight title match. Number one contendership match. <laughs> number one contender, number one contender. Not, not
1: actually for the title, buddy. No, just the number one contenders match.
0: And that Zero will have USA you World know.
1: Junior Heavyweight title match.
0: That's right. And I will have you know, Rich, that Matt Nix did find his way
1: onto the <laughs> He found a way. That, that little shyster he found a way in a better spot than he would have been if he was in the freelance match. He got in a better spot. Not Maybe not. Well, I don't lay Deeper in the card, I guess. I mean, he was, he was the old, you know. Fourth from the top, so that's that's not bad for Matt Nix. Yeah, he found a way. That's a persistent that Matt Nix. So that's you
0: know. And I didn't see either Mustafa Ali match, but I'm definitely going to make it a point. They, see, they did a ref stoppage with Darby Allen, So I'm Yeah, I'm
1: interested to see, to see that. Yeah, I'm very, very it. curious. I saw that result and was like, ooh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, but uh, unfortunately, yeah, I have not had a chance. It's been a busy, busy week, so hopefully uh, I'll be able to watch those those matches. Maybe we can report back on a future week when we, we get time to watch them. But yeah, there's just so much else going on this weekend. I did not get a chance to see those, unfortunately. Uh, you're probably wondering why it did not go to Evolve 116 and... Uh, do have to apologize to Gabe a little bit because I was hoping to go to that show but instead Joe as we move on to our next topic I went to AEW because and you can blame the nurse for this one we were uh she was playing around with her camera and we ended up going to a uh, there's a state park uh out in the same area it's about an hour and a half away from where we live and she was taking photos of the fall and all that sort of stuff and it was you know we were done with that and she said oh you know, she asked me I don't know why I, I don't know what got into her mind or what possessed her to do this but she said hey is uh, AEW running in LaSalle today and I was like oh uh, like they are and 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 this is the you know the second to last show that they're going to do in LaSalle and we were already in that area I mean which is already pretty far away from our house so we decided since we're fucking already an hour and a half away from our house and AW's running in the back you know we're a minute away from where we were why not go to AW so we went to AW that night so I uh, made my final show at the uh, Knights of Columbus but uh yeah overall a pretty okay show I think the, uh, the bottom half of the car was actually better than the top half I'll kind of go over the results here real quick for you um Six man tag match. You had Cody Rice, Mike Hartenbauer, who's a local guy. Is he's, uh, he's retiring once uh, those Sal shows are done. Uh, and Paco defeat Buck Nasty and the Hooligans. So that's, of course, Devin and Mason the Cutters. Uh, you know, kind of solid comedy match. It was just a lot of comedy, so I'm not going to really get into that. That's Cody much, Rice.
0: But. Oh, you know. What do you think yeah, exactly.
1: That? It's Cody Rice, who's a fat guy who you know, dances and, and rubs baby oil on himself. Yeah, he wears a bow tie. Uh, Hartenbauer, I don't think, tagged in at any point, so I don't know exactly what he was doing or why he was in there. And Paco's like the local, you know, trainee that's kind of moved up the ladder and has become kind of a, a consistent performer as well, so pretty cool. And the nasty and the Hooligans are just like your classic like redneck heels or whatever, so it kind of worked uh, pretty well for them. So uh, you had a four-way tag team match. It was the best season in the world. It was Davey Vega and Matt Fitch, and they defeat Connor Braxton and Stephen Wolfe. Uh, Dante Leone and sage Kanan and uh, Dion Russman and Joe Asa so yeah not uh, not a lot of huge names in there not a lot of guys that you may know but some local uh, it has been getting some opportunities but uh, vegan and it uh, looked pretty good here uh, and this was a pretty fun match things good Braxton and, and wolf doing a little bit more of their uh, kind of heel spiel uh, here you but yeah'd be a big how about this?
0: Give me a synopsis on the four guys who don't even have cage match profiles yet. What do you yeah,
1: think so of- one, so I think it's Joasa, I forget who it is. Joasa looks like a dollar store like Roman Reigns. Like if Roman Reigns had stopped working out, uh, that's I think that's Joassa. I don't actually don't know the difference between them. Um, I'm going to be honest. I watched them a few days ago. I don't remember who Dante Leon and Sage Kanan were. I'm going to do a quick little Google search because I don't remember what those guys looked like at all. But uh, yeah, Joe Asa and uh, Dion Russman, they both look like – they look like like – dollar store gorillas of destiny you know they have like long hair I, they're obviously samoan uh, of some descent but yeah they look like they look like uh, in no way uh, family members in, in some way shape or form i don't know if they actually are you though, don't but, uh,
0: uh you don't sound too impressed with any of these four men they didn't nah they were kind of like bad <laughs> yeah they were kind of bad uh yeah i'm, I'm just, looking just at the wondering opinion. if there was some potential here you see anything or you know i wasn't
1: mm, looking for it. nah you could probably all nah, oh,
0: right so here. i think probably
1: yeah, there was nothing there to get into to look at. All right, so now we get some good matches here. AEW Heritage, number one contendership, three-way match. You have DJZ, Myron Reed, and Trey Miguel. This is, of course, you hear those three names, and you go, oh, my God, this is madness. And it was. They were diving all over the place, jumping all over the place, doing crazy stuff, jumping into the crowd. It's just a really fun match. DJZ DJ picks up the win. Uh, But, yeah, really, really good. It's probably, I don't know, I want to say my favorite match of the night. There's one coming up in a little bit, but uh, definitely right up there, probably my number two match of the night uh that was followed by a match that uh, wasn't as good it was quinn mckay defeating alley cat and joe i know you've seen alley cat before i i hate to do it but she's so bad <laughs> she's horrendous <laughs> i know you buried her in the past yeah. she is so bad I-, I the nurse is my barometer you know what i mean because she doesn't watch this stuff she's not a nerd like me that match was over and she goes that girl kind of sucks and i went yeah she, she does and she always like asked me if like oh was that does she always suck or is this like a because like it might you know there's an off night that you might have or whatever but she's always the barometer of like hey that wasn't any good is she usually bad and i was like uh she's usually not great and it was like ah yeah she's not very good so yeah that's uh alley cats is um not great at all <laughs> so uh, AW Heritage title match. You have Trevor Lee defeating Rich Swan. This is a really hot match. Uh, Trevor Lee cut some promos at the beginning that were really good. You know, just talking about you know putting down the crowd and, and talking about his. He, he does the wrestling rules gimmick in in AW yes. where you know he wants you know no DQs and all this sort of stuff where you know or, or disqualifications are, are are you know can be called and rope breaks and all that sort of stuff because AW is kind of none no rope break no DQ none of that stuff. So kind of right. cool to see him cut that promo and and the crowd was hot for it. And Rich Swan is great at getting the crowd hyped up as well. He was doing his dance to you know Lionel Richie for about 10 minutes before the match started, which got everybody going nuts. And, and yeah, it was like molten heat for Trevor Lee and then huge positive uh, reactions for Rich Swann. So this was maybe not better than that Heritage title match, but uh, or the Heritage number one contendership, but uh, right up there too, and, and the crowd heat was off the charts for it, and uh, Trevor Lee gets the win. Uh, I forget exactly. He did it by some nefarious means, but I it on what it was now. I saw a lot of wrestling this weekend, which i will get to uh, in a sec. Now for my match of the night, Lucha Brothers, uh, Penta and Phoenix. Uh, versus the Rascals, which is Desmond, Xavier, and Zachary, we once awesome, awesome, awesome match, you know those four guys, you read off those names, you go, oh my god, that had to be great, it was, it was really, really good stuff from both of those guys, so um, definitely if you get a chance, uh, check that match out from the show, Uh, really good, and and, and Molten Hods, proud as well for that uh, and guys diving all over the place chops and, and just exactly what you would expect from all those four names so really really good stuff So right it delivered
0: there. to the expectations give me the stars rich give me stars
1: the stars for that one uh let me give a four for that one i'll give a okay. four for the lucha brothers uh the heritage number one contenders uh match i'll probably i'll probably do a three and a half for that one so it's definitely it's definitely a step below but still pretty solid but yeah i'd go four for the lucha brothers rascals uh, then you had uh, MJF versus Main. Uh, was it Mance Warner? Mance Warner, uh, as we pronounce it. There, MJF Mance Warner. Um, well, they're good promos. I'll say that. Both men are exceptional promos. And that's that a fair. Mock- way. Because this was not good <laughs> at is, all. <laughs> is Mance Warner still doing the awful fuck Dave Meltzer gimmick? Uh, I I was hoping he wasn't. He's not. He's doing like a redneck dollar store Stone Cold Steve Austin thing. Um, so that's good. Sounds, yeah, because I was like, I was gonna eye roll. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's not great, but uh, yeah, it was um, there was like six spots in this match and I think they fucked up four of them, so yeah that doesn't bode well, so uh, not good, not good at all uh, Kurt Stallion and Jake Something versus Ace Romero and Marco Stunt, uh, okay, but it was kind of exactly what you assume it would be with Marco Stunt being the small guy, Ace Romero being the fat guy, the big guy, uh, and Stallion and Jake Something be kind of being the heels and eventually getting the win there. Uh, Stunt is a guy I saw a lot this weekend uh, yeah, you know He's he's fine, but I he's a guy that I'm. I'll be shocked if in like another year he's getting as many bookings as he is. I think like that bloom is going to fall off the rose pretty quickly. But what do you think about uh, Marco Stunt and what you see?
0: I went so on a long rant about Marco Stunt on the TV reviews. Uh- the idea that he's the next great indie star, I mean, people who... If he
1: saying, is, then shut down the Indies and call it a day. We're done. <laughs> Close the doors. It's over if he's the next great indie star.
0: People who are saying that are nuts. I mean, he's okay, and I think there's a place for Marco Stunt. He's an undercar He's Spike Dudley. That's what he yeah. is. He's a guy and he was, who-
1: Yeah, and he was... In this match, he played his role to perfection. They tossed him around... Ace lifted him up and threw him over yeah. the top rope exactly like you would do with Spike Dudley. That's that's yes. he was. He was Spike Dudley in this match, which is fine. But Spike, if your company and your 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 existence depends on Spike Dudley, you're in big fucking trouble. So yeah, you're, you're never
0: building around Spike Dudley or Marco Stunt. Now, to be fair, I don't think I think some people that, that's a I'm not saying that was an overwhelming consensus opinion that Marco Stunt was going to save the Indies, but I think that he's going to be he could be an undercard guy who is just like Spike Dudley in that big guys toss him around. Out, and he's a sympathetic babyface and all that, but you can't headline with Marco Stunt. He'll never get to that level. Now, right. he's a guy who and, could get hired because of how small he is. Because
1: when oh, you, for sure. Yeah. And it works on TV as well, because I'll tell you at MLW, which I'll, I'll, I'll jump to here in a bit, um, him and Ace Romero uh, had a match, and it was like arguably the best match the entire tapings. I mean, I don't think it was. There's one match that I liked a little bit more, but it was yeah. very good, and it was exactly as you expect. Ace Romero just tossing Marco Stunt all over the fucking place, and and, yeah. and you could see how it translates to like a TV but it doesn't quite work in an indie setting uh, nearly as much because it's just kind of like, yeah, he's short and he's not that good. So you know, it, 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 there's certain limitations to him. But uh, yeah, and uh, fine performance here. But uh, yeah, there's there's definitely. Yeah, he's not the great next the next great indie star because we're in some trouble if he is. Uh, I love Kylie how Ray, I love oh, sorry, how you ahead. saw.
0: I love how you saw both of these guys in two different companies, and both companies did the indie thing. One put the biggest guy with the smallest guy against each other. And yeah. the other company put them in a tag team together.
1: <laughs> exactly, it was great.
0: That One was quick so question great. about that too: Did Jake something score the pin?
1: Um, he did.
0: Because they A.W. seems to be pushing him hard, but when's the singles matches coming?
1: That's my I know question. they need to. They need to because Stallion's kind of a geek, and and and, and Stallion's okay. Like he's fine. But Stallion would work so much better as like the second to Jake Something, who's obviously like the the big guy. Like they can have matches from time to time, but yeah, I, I want something to have some some singles matches on his own too, because I think he's capable of it. He's good enough. He's got the look. He's got the, the, the in ring work and stuff. Yeah, he he needs to start doing I that because think... he's a big dude and he translates too. So,
0: Rich, I gotta tell you, I've seen Jake Something in a lot of different places. I think AEW has done the best job with him, but they've gotta they've established that he's undefeated and and he's dominant in his tag team and he's no nonsense. Jake something's a guy that no one talks about who I think could be an indie star and a oh, guy yes. who can step up. He's a big dude,
1: too. He's big. Yes. He's like 6'1. He's built like a brick shit house, and he's got good work, too. He can fly. He can do power moves. Like, he's definitely one of those guys that we always talk about the sound. You don't need to go to an indie yes. show and you hear a guy and you're like, that guy's got it. Like, that guy, you know, he attacks the mat, his punches, his chops, they all feel and sound loud. He's a loud wrestler and it's good and it translates and it jumps off the page, but it's just like, yeah, when that. You know he's been there for by I think what got a year and a half now and just kind of like spinning his wheels. So it's not quite yeah. You're not quite sure when the next step up for him is going to be because it needs it, it should be soon. And hopefully, like he should be annoyed that he's in this tag team with Kurt's down at this point. Still, you know what I mean? Like like in character too. Like it's you know I know they're buddies or whatnot, but he's so far leaps and bounds has more potential than than, than, than Stallion. And I feel like I'm burying Stallion when I'm not trying to. I'm just saying something I I, I think could be an Indian star like you were saying. No,
0: Stallion's fine, but I think something could really be something. No pun intended on the indie scene which is dying uh, you know a dearth of stars i mean i would like to see aaw take the next storyline step here with something i would like to see some other companies um, take a chance on this guy and do some things with him because i think jake something is very close i think it wouldn't even take much and the other guy i love is myron reed i think he's a slightly longer term project but i think he can be a top level indie star too but uh, but anyway we continue
1: all right so two more matches i'll show you a kylie ray versus allison k a uh Okay women's match. I think Kylie Ray's pretty solid. Allison Kay, I, I, I know a lot of people really like her. I kind of think she stinks and she was not good in this match, but Kylie Ray was pretty solid. So, it's all in the, all, it, it was okay match, but uh yeah.
0: The patented Rich Crage Allison K Burial, we cannot she's get She's not good. Is she good? Is she good? Is she good? I'm not knocking you, brother. Yeah, she's I'm just thing. saying we know we're going to get the Allison K Burial every she's AEW. Not
1: good. <laughs> you know, like the main event. I sir. try. I really try. It's just that she's not good, you know, but people like her because she's cool on Twitter, I guess. So, uh, Tag Team Street Fight, uh, Jessica Havoc and Sammy Callahan versus Brody King and <laughs> Jimmy Jacobs. Sounds like my personal hell. Uh, it was actually pretty solid. I enjoyed it, uh, all in all. It was a plunder match. There was shit going on. There was blood. There was guts. There was spit. But, uh, all in all, pretty uh, pretty fun. It was uh, unique to be in the crowd for it because you never knew what the hell was going to happen, and there was a lot of eyes to kind of keep track of, or a lot of humans and bodies flying all over the place. But, uh, all in all, pretty good. Uh, stiff match. I think Havoc played her role pretty well in it as well Callahan took some big bumps and and King and Jacobs uh both did a pretty good job too so I think uh really I I enjoyed it way more than I anticipated when I saw the names on the card and went oh my god I don't like anybody in this match but it ended up actually being pretty solid so um definitely check it out if you if you get a chance to watch this show but uh all in all I like the first half of the show a lot more than I like the second half but uh you know thumbs up show you know for the most part
0: So, Rich also attended MLW, and we're running it up against the clock. So, I've got a couple key questions for you with the MLW, and I know there's a topic on that that you want to talk about a little bit, which was the makeup of the crowd. They drew an excellent crowd, by the way.
1: They did. Um, Oh, yeah. Great crowd.
0: Question number one. You've now seen L.A. Park live. Did he pop the way I said that he pops live?
1: He didn't. I'll be honest, he just didn't. I don't know. It, it, he was good live. It was an experience to go live. But I, and maybe I built it up in my head a little bit too much. He didn't, it didn't, it wasn't as big of a deal as I thought it was going to be. It wasn't this raucous, like, thing. It wasn't like this charisma. I, I don't know. I just, I don't know if he had an off night. I don't know if it, what, it, what it quite was. It just didn't work. And what I thought was most surprising as well. I go, I go to the crowd, and as you said, they, they drew an incredible crowd. which uh, us we'll talk about a bit, the kind of the dynamics of the crowd. A lot of the crowd was, was, was you know, Latino, a lot of the crowd. So I assume that Park was like their god. Penta and Phoenix came out to a reaction five times the amount that LA Park got. Those dudes were the most over guys on the entire show. And I was like, oh, okay, interesting. And then Park came out and I said, oh man, if that's the reaction those two guys got, this Park reaction is going to be incredible. And it wasn't. It was good. But like, I think Roosh had a bigger crowd reaction. I think Puma King even at times had a bigger crowd reaction. So that surprised me more than anything. And again, this was after a long show, but I, I can't make that excuse because Pence and Phoenix came out to just a raucous crowd, whereas LA Park just quite... Didn't quite, and I—I I don't. know, He just didn't jump off the page as much as I had sort of anticipated him doing. So, all right, well, then let me uh, ask you
0: this: Did yeah. did Roosh pop?
1: Roosh did. Roosh popped. He was a guy that you know I—I've I, seen him on you know tag leagues. I've seen him in stuff, and we're you know noted Roosh <laughs> disliker uh, shows or whatever. He popped, man. He the crowd was fucking hot for him. Most of the people in the crowd jumped the second he came out. People rushed to the barricades, and they were wearing masks. And they were in Lij shirts and all that sort of stuff. So it was really cool to see that. And, then everything that he did, he was a god. He could, he, he didn't have to do anything in that match, and people were reacting to it. But he ended up actually doing some pretty fun stuff throughout it. So, no, he definitely popped in, and I came away much more impressed with Roosh than I had ever come in uh, prior. So that was kind of interesting that Park sort of I, – I, I didn't quite get that same feeling with him, but Roosh, I got it. I was like, oh, this is why this guy's a megastar. Oh, this is why so many people love him. So he definitely jumped off the page for me.
0: All right, so there you have Roosh's charisma just popped he came off like a megastar LA Park for Rich did not So interesting there I've never seen Rouge Live So I can't comment on that one LA Park to me The time I saw him uh, Looked like the biggest fucking deal in the world Interesting that Different perspectives Different shows Now, yeah, see, two, how, see how
1: it translates on the TV When it comes out See if you have the same sort well, of feeling Well I've seen him on I MLW yeah.
0: TV And 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 I told you It's like he He, cons- he like ate Pentagon's charisma Like a larger son and a smaller son it, on tv now you're saying it was the opposite live where pentagon was the star and la park was didn't quite uh feel the same team
1: so yeah and those guys work though the lucha brothers work a ton in chicago as well i mean they're doing stuff not only in AEW but also in like little lucha oh, yeah, shows and stuff throughout so like they're the hometown guys so i think the crowd definitely saw them as that as well which but I, not I, just, I crowd reaction, just
0: just aura as well you're saying that la park you didn't Get the set, I the didn't get it. Yeah, I,
1: I didn't quite get it. No, and down? I was, I was, yeah, I was surprised. I was really surprised. Cause I was anticipating really getting it, and I could not wait till it came out. And it we came out, and and you know the match he had was really good. It was probably, probably my favorite match of the entire tapings I don't want to give any results because that's like five weeks of MLW TV that yeah, I. Yeah, we're not going to do, that. We're yeah, not do that. that. Yeah, I'm not going to do that because yeah, that, that that would suck for the next two months for me to spoil everything that they're going to do. But uh no, they had what probably my maybe my second favorite match of the entire tapings but really really good stuff from those guys. So. It was a weekend to watch Phoenix as well. I, I was realizing as I watched, and we'll talk about it here in a bit, as well, the Omega Phoenix match that he had in NEW in between these two matches that I saw. And I was like, this fucking guy, I saw him have a great match in Chicago, fly to fucking Poughkeepsie, New York, have a great match, and then come back to fucking Chicago and have a great match. Like, what a, what a monster Phoenix has been this year. I mean, he does not get enough credit. Phoenix and Pentagon get enough credit for how well they're doing all across the entire country and the world and just working a ton of different promotions too. But uh, yeah, really good stuff from them uh, on this taping.
0: So the crowd makeup, quickly on that.
1: Yeah, so it was interesting. So, uh, of course, if you've noticed from... And we talked about it last week when I was kind of previewing the show a little bit. Very heavy in Lucha influence. You have Puma King, you have Roosh, you have LA Park, you have the Lucha Brothers kind of in the main event. Uh, even a guy like Sammy Guevara as well that people knew from from uh, you know AAA and whatnot. Um, the crowd dynamics were very strange. So I walk in and it was definitely your normal kind of Chicago indie crowd there was a few of the guys that I recognized all over the place and those sort of dudes and and whatnot and then as the crowd started kind of filing in the bleachers started filling up and filling up and filling up and filling up and, filling up and I realized oh shit they weren't lying about it. this thing is sold out it was sold out there wasn't a seat to be had in this entire arena as it sort of filled out it was the makeup was definitely like 60-40 maybe even 70-30 of like latino families like women children you know entire families there which was unique because you don't get that at a normal you know aw show isn't that you're gonna get a few families here and there but for the most part it's what i said the chicago area indie fans or whatever the people that i kind of see at every single show so that made an interesting dynamic and and as the show went on like you know roosh came out and you heard them. They they were very vocal in that the interesting thing about it is your indie fans were very into just about everything your indie fans like you know they were into just about everybody they were into roost just as much as they were into pco and brody king or whatever but the the families the ones that came like you know the 70 or 60 whatever percent they didn't know any of the local indie guys they didn't give a shit about pco they did not care about brody king they didn't give a shit about a low-key shane strickland that low-key shane strickland match you'll get to uh, on the tapings Crickets. They didn't care about those. Then Lucha Brothers comes out and they—they're going nuts. Puma King has a match with MJF. They go nuts. You know, the Lucha Brothers—they go nuts. Like LA Park, even—even uh, even his son, they go nuts for. So it was a very interesting crowd dynamic. And and what I found kind of interesting about it is we were all kind of talking about it there in, in the press row as well. Is like, ah, geez, this is strange that like. You know, I, I get it why it's that way. These crowds came for the lucha guys. They didn't come to watch, you know, the American Indies. And what, what what is interesting about that is that you know they drew a good crowd, but at what cost? You know, and and I don't mean that negatively. I just mean in the terms of you're taping TV, and there's some of your big time matches, some of your big time angles are being done to a crowd that doesn't seem to care all that much when. In actuality, they do care, but it's only 30% of the people that do care. The other 70% are waiting for those other kind of big matches. So it ended up actually being a weird dynamic where you had, you know, your Lucha matches, which were hot and really fun and really good or whatnot, and then your American indie stuff, the MLW stuff, kind of the bread and butter of MLW was was largely meta crickets or just very tepid crowd reactions that it appears that people don't really care. So it'll be interesting to see how it comes across on TV. But what was interesting, though, and I did notice this, and this is why I wanted to talk about it, and I'm sure you saw it as well, that MLW announced that they're going to do a Spanish YouTube Uh, channel and start releasing some of their shows in Spanish, which leads me to believe that this is not the only time they're going to have these guys show up on these shows in terms of of Park and the Brothers and all these other stuff and Roosh and and all these sort of guys. But I think the idea now is, okay, let's introduce these American indie guys to the Spanish-speaking audience. Let's make sure that next time Shane Strickland wrestles or next time Loki's there or next time PCO's on it or Brody King or whatever, that these fans know who these guys are because they came into the show not having a fucking clue who these guys were. And I don't blame them for not having a clue. And and it hurt the show in a lot of ways because you'll notice, I think it'll come across on TV as well, they're just not crowd reactions for some of the biggest stuff that MLW is trying to do. Uh, so that, that was kind of interesting uh, dynamic there.
0: Yeah. So good job out of MLW booking the luchadors going to uh, heavy uh, Latino markets and drawing. I mean, they drew a monster crowd and yeah, rolling out the YouTube show and also re-signing Phoenix and Pentagon junior for, yeah. you know, presumably at least another year. And, and these are all good moves and, and MLW is making moves. And look, they've got, you know, the rumored money backers that help with that, where they could afford to bring these guys in. And you've got Conan as a liaison, that he knows a lot of these guys, of them, and is tight with them. He can help out with that stuff. But, you know, however you're getting it done, you're getting it done. But uh, five weeks of MLW coming up. I'd like to try to get you on one of these TV reviews to talk about, maybe just bring you on for the MLW segment to get sort of a sure. live yeah, perspective. No, no, no. So. Uh, maybe we'll try to get that uh, uh, done at some point. So we've got only a couple minutes and then we got a couple quick hitters. You watched Omega versus Phoenix from Poughkeepsie, Poughkeepsie New York. By the way, $100,000 gate for new. Largest gate in the history of the Mid Hudson Civic Center. Uh, it, that's impressive. Okay, so. <laughs>
1: impressive, yeah.
0: More feathers in the cap of Kenny Omega and Phoenix. You just talked about the great year Phoenix is having. Kenny Omega does it again. I mean, you know, it's so... I think a lot of people are going to be disappointed when Kenny Omega cleans up on a lot of awards this year, and they'll all be well-earned. But uh, as far as the match goes, accurate star Raiders, Dave Meltzer, gave it four and three quarters, Uh, says he saw a handheld fan cam, uh, so it may even be better than that when he watches the match proper. And Rob Naylor says it's one of his five favorite matches of the year Rich Craig how good was Omega Phoenix quickly we got one other topic together.
1: get to. ooh you know it didn't do it for me it was good uh, I really had a big big high hopes for this match I probably about four and a order which is still very good you know what I mean like that's that's, that's solid. a, great match.
0: Yeah, a great it, match.
1: it didn't hit that like match the year level it didn't hit my top five and it wasn't because I heard some people I heard we heard a live uh, somebody who was there live that said it was oh my god it was incredible it was like a new Japan style yeah. main event just awesome 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 stuff it didn't reach that level for me it just didn't work for me on that level, but still a very good match. Still one that you should definitely seek out and, and, and check out. And the crowd was hot throughout as well, but it uh, yeah, didn't quite reach that top, top tier status for me, but still very good. And like I said, another feather in the cap of Phoenix, who I saw this weekend have like three, four and a half, you know, four and a quarter plus matches, you know, back to back to back to back. I mean, he's, he's, he's awesome. He's incredible.
0: And then he skipped down Austin in between all of that to, <laughs> wrestle, <laughs> to wrestle Lance Hoyt of all people in a style mismatch. Um, you know in a show uh, uh, a new promotion in Austin uh, being booked by Dirty Andy Dalton of all people mm-hmm. on top of that so that's bizarre um, so we had uh, omega phoenix and then one other quick topic here we have to travel to the NWA Rich Nick Aldous's next title defense comes on the 24th of November against Jack Swagger uh, on a let's go let's play the 1 to 10 game And feel free to use negative numbers, my friend, because I think (laughs) one is coming. How hyped are you for Lazy Jack Swagger against uh, fucking average as fuck Nick Aldis NWA world title this weekend?
1: I got to go negative five, man. I, I couldn't. You couldn't pay me to watch that match, man. I, well, it's... there's
0: 10 pounds of gold uh, hyping up Jack Swagger, so maybe that'll change your mind
1: when you watch maybe, it. Maybe, yeah. Is he, is he going to try? Am I going like, to like not waste my 10 minutes and watch him fucking wrestle in basketball shorts and not give a fuck? Cause... Rich, you know the answer to that. He's not
0: going to try. Yeah, Jack Swagger so doesn't, doesn't give a fuck. He has no respect for the fans. He has no respect for the promoters that pay him the work. I've never seen uh, on this entire indie run of his. He just there's no effort. The MLW five match run was awful.
1: I hate it. I hate that we were so wrong about him because he's yeah he couldn't feel good. He's so talented. He just doesn't give a fuck. So it's just like it sucks. He's so bad. Okay, let me ask you this,
0: uh, and and then we'll sign off. Would you rather watch Jack Swagger versus Nick Aldis, okay, or Josephus versus Nick Aldis? Oh my god.
1: It's going to be Josephus. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, because at least there's like... I know Josephus is trying. You know, effort, effort, we are the biggest, we want nothing more in this on this show than effort. Good matches are good matches or whatever, but put some fucking effort into it. Josephus puts effort into it. He's not a good wrestler, but he puts effort into it. He'll have good promos. He'll do all he can to make the most out of the match. And we talk about the one with Stim Storm where it was like, not a good match, but you can tell both dudes were like working their ass off to try to make it fun. So, no, I'd, I'd 100% rather see a Josephus versus this. I think Swagger, there's nothing that insults me more than you not giving effort. That you walking through the curtain and having people that paid money to see. See You and you just fucking dogging it. Like, it's, I hate that more than anything in the world. I would rather watch, I'd rather watch an absolute shitty match. I'd rather watch untrained guys go out there and and have a shitty match where they botch everything. I'd rather watch that a thousand times than a guy just playing out the strings and doing the most bottom barrel, low effort shit and collecting their paycheck and getting back in the car and driving away. I mean, that's, that's Swagger's Ben. I mean, he doesn't even show up with the right gear. He just, it's, it's, it's horrendous. I, his indie run is so fucking terrible. And we'll it's, see it's a joke. We'll
0: it, it is a joke. We'll see if Lugana can motivate him. I, I, we'll see, but I, I am not thrilled about this at all. And yeah, I, I'd rather watch Josephus wrestle all this too. At least there'll be some good promos. So, um, that's all we got for bouncing around the Indies. We have bounced all around the Indies, Rich.
1: Actually bounced. Yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty good, uh, for this show. So yeah, let's, let's sign off here. So of course, uh, voicewrestling.com, uh, voicewrestling.com slash forums. We have, uh, Reinvigorated our forums a little bit. Some a little more topics going up there. A little bit more traffic, so definitely want to check that out if you're not already a member. Make sure you get on there. If you are a member or you've been a member in the past, uh, come back in. I think you'll enjoy uh, what you see. So, VoiceWrestling.com/forums. Also, uh, follow us on Twitter at VoicesWrestling. We mentioned our sponsor today: ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter.com/vow to try it for free. Uh, and last but not least, as the uh, holidays quickly approach, VoiceWrestling.com/Amazon. Make sure you bookmark that. Anytime you use it, uh, we get a small percentage back of any Amazon purchase you make. So, why not? You're going to order from Amazon anyway. You know you're going to do it this holiday season. Just use voicewrestling.com slash Amazon. It gives us a small percentage back. Nothing changes in your shopping experience. So, definitely good stuff there. Uh, and, yeah, I think that's about it. Voice Wrestling Podcast Network, some great stuff up there. I was on Wrestling Omikase, uh, breaking down every single year of uh, WCW from 1994 to 2000. So you definitely want to check that out. Uh, pretty good stuff there. I know Music of the Mad had a great episode this week talking about territorial music. Uh, so really cool stuff going on there. Super Jcast every single week doing great stuff. Shake Them Ropes. Uh, the entire podcast network. Make sure you're subscribing uh, and rating reviewing that. And, uh, yeah, I think we are done. So for Joe Lanza, I'm Rich and We'll see you next time on the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. Take care